the Leaving Today podcast, the show about the news, history, and attractions of the Disneyland Resort. Hello and hello. Welcome to the Leaving Today podcast, episode number 95. If you can't believe it, I can hardly believe it. That means we are five away from episode 100. Oh my gosh. All right. So thank you so much for joining us tonight, this morning, this afternoon, wherever you are, however you listen to it. We welcome you here. If this is your first time here, welcome. The water is warm. If you are a returning listener, welcome home. My name is Mark, uh, one of the co-hosts here of this LTP we've got going on. Sitting to the left of me is... 13. Hello. <laughs> Sitting across from me uh, is the game, like the game changer, the uh, trail master of puppets himself, Udi. <clears throat> I'm not going to say good evening to you because. <laughs> no, no, good evening. <laughs> okay, good evening. Uh, well, thank you again so much for joining us tonight. We have a special show. Uh, we have. Um, the, uh, we have a special guest on tonight. We have the author of The Unauthorized History of Walt Disney's Haunted Mansion uh, and also co-founder of TheMouseDodgerPodcast.com and DoomBuggies.com, Jeff Bam. Yeah. Yeah. So we've been trying to get him on for a while and he has time to talk to us, so we're doing that. Um, before that, we have the news. Uh, let's see. Uh, also, let's see some other groundwork or whatever house cleaning here. Um, Patreon. If you'd like to support us, uh, you can go to leavingtodaypodcast.com, click on our Patreon logo, and we make it pretty easy. $1, $5, $3, whatever. Any amount you want, you can do it once. You can do it like a recurring thing. It just helps keep this LTP thing going. Um, and for that, you get to be on the show and come up, come up with a topic. Uh, we also have special content. They will, we will deliver audio to you. Um, yeah, there's that. And then the holidays are coming up, and we have... Um, our Amazon page. So go to leavingstaypodcast.com again and click on the Amazon logo. It takes you to our page. It looks just like Amazon because it is Amazon. All right. And that all helps. Everyone's a winner, right? Yeah. You can pick up all the lovely books that we talk about all the time on mm. podcasts. Including Jeff Bam's book. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yes. That'd be a great place to get it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Okay. So let's go on. Anything else? Oh, you know what? We had a, we had a question for the, for the, for the week. Mm-hmm. Um, we put it on Instagram. And the question was, what are your traditions while driving to Disneyland? Right? Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to ask Jeff this too. Um, so we, be, before we do it on Instagram, what are your traditions? Uh, a couple. So the ones that stick out in my head the most is... Well, a, a point, of, point of reference, where we are, we're about six and a half hours from Anaheim. Is that about right? Yeah, give or take, depending on when you leave. And if Jessica's driving. Okay, if Jessica's driving, it's about four hours. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah. yeah, it could be a good five. Um, okay. So the ones that stick out in my head that are very odd, I don't remember. I know it's about halfway down. It's at a random gas station that me and Jess always stop at. There's always stray cats. And we always play with the stray cats. Oh, I thought you meant the actual band, the stray cats. Yeah, no, nope, oh. not not the last I checked. No, but there's oh. a there's a gas station that the stray kitties are at that we then always. Then do you then stop at the vet to get rabies shots after that? Or <laughs> we just do a no. couple uh, strokes of the kitties and um, okay. say hi to them. Okay. And uh, I want to take them home, but I can't. Um, that's a little one. Like that's a little thing that. Ended up randomly happening. We only did it like three times, but like three trips in a row, the cat, the different cats would be there every time. Mm. Um, and then uh, after that, on our way, we always point out that we're passing Andersons. Mm. Um, mm. There's there was um, split pea soup, and yeah. uh, we, we do have a stop at the grapevine. Mm-hmm. That every time we get gas, we get Starbucks. Um, and then, but if I'm going with the side note though, if I go with my husband, which has been a several times, I have to go to the Chipotle. Oh that's yeah. Right there. Yeah. 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 So, uh, I've hit up that, um, if you know, if we're, we usually go at night, so it's hard to say we go stop and do places. Cause like we're going and like, usually like we leave around midnight mm-hmm. so that, or two in the morning so that when we get to Anaheim, we go right when the doors open. That's okay. usually, so the time of night that we're leaving, so mm-hmm. we can actually get there at, um, opening time or 10 a.m. depending on the time so saying that we do and stop like do other things sometimes it's like hard to say because um you know it's the middle of the night and um we only do that because we can keep each other company we're the only two people that know we could do we've done 37 hours awake to do that drive (laughs) yeah jeez yeah yeah be uh you know go to work all day drive all night do park all day the next day and then crash Oh, yeah. geez. Yeah. So, oh. I mean, there's a couple random things, but, you know, nothing too exciting. Okay. Udi? I uh, don't have any now, really. Um, well, well, there's one. Oh, the pancakes? Well, yes. Yeah, there's that. Uh, <laughs> random Denny's where? Lost Hills exit. There you go. <laughs> um, I don't have one now, um, but growing up, we did um, with the fam coming back. Mm-hmm. Anderson's. Mm-hmm. My mom had to, had to go like, oh, we're coming back. And we're stopping. Yeah. And she would have her soup, and we'd go, that is gross. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, really, now, that's it. I don't have anything. Now I'm gonna, we're going to go uh, LTP high status and go flying all the time now. Oh, yeah, there you go. That's huh? right, yeah. The Not older for... you get, the harder it is to, like, do the drive, I feel like. Mm, no, I, I, yeah, no. Yes um, and no. Yeah, because... Hours, but then I'm like, I don't want to spend the whole day in the car. No, that's the thing. That's yeah. like that literally, like my body doesn't want to sit there for six and a half hours. It's true. I get too anxious now. I'm like, I, I want to be there. Like, I, I want to go. I want to be there. Oh, I don't, don't want to nice think about flight. like, I uh, know, whoop, up, down, down, boom. Yeah. I know. Right? Yeah. Nice. I think on the way back, uh, we always stop at In and Out in Valencia. That's mm. been one of our stops there. Um, that was one of the ones that when they started branching out, I remember that one, mm-hmm. like coming more and more north. Yeah. Now they're all over the all place. Up here. But yeah, I remember growing up as a kid, like, oh my gosh, there's <laughs> one up here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we stop at, we would stop at the grapevines, either get gas or coffee or mm-hmm. just or something to eat there. It, and it, it just varies. Uh, we've eaten at Chipotle before, In-N-Out, Denny's. Um, 
Is Habit over there now or something like that? There might be. Yeah, we, so we stopped there. And then um, the Andersons thing, I just met my daughter there about a month ago. She's at uh, CSU Monterey Bay. And we just she drove out there and I drove there. And I, I didn't have any uh, pea soup, but that coffee shop was, I think, delightful. I loved it. It was very good, uh, I don't know, comfort food. It's, you know, anyways. All right, so, um, yeah, we posted that question on Instagram. And what was said? I don't know what was said. Um, Let's see here. (laughs) I stopped at Harris before, too. They have Tesla chargers at the Harris Ranch. Do they? Mm Mm-hmm. I thought that was interesting. Okay. It was before, like, I saw Tesla charging stations, and I was like, whoa. Fancier. Okay. <laughs> so let's go back here and see what they said. Uh, Disney Universe podcast, Joey said, main, tra- main tradition is to get their ASAP. Mm-hmm. Good answer. Sounds but my mom great. usually makes travel burritos for the drive down. Oh. Usually on the way home, we stop at Anderson's Pea Soup. There you go. Good job. Um, all aboard. I'm guessing that's Corey. Mm-hmm. Right? Okay. Yeah. Corey from Phoenix, sorry, Corey from Phoenix. Coming from Phoenix, I have kind of broken it down into thirds. The Albertsons in Blythe is a, in Blythe is a great place to stop and stretch the legs and grab snacks and coffee. The other stop is the Pee Wee Herman dinosaurs in Cabazon, another great place to get lunch at Burger King. Then it's straight in, in onto the Disneyland area. Good answer. Uh, the Punster, that's Ryan. 24-hour drive from Vancouver. Two days, 12 hours a day straight, only gas and pee breaks. <laughs> <laughs> Long haul. Uh, Mommy Blue says, coming from the Monterey area, we always stop at the IHOP in uh, Castaic. No reason, but it's been our tradition for uh, the th- past 13 years. All right. Good answer. Uh, Carissa, of course. Mm. We drive from Phoenix. We stop at Pilot Courtside quartzite to fill up with cheap Arizona gas and try not to stop again. Uh, Chiriaco Summit is a good place to stop before Indio if we have to stop twice. On the way back, we stop at Roundtable in Marino Valley because there is no Roundtable in Phoenix, even though half of California lives in Arizona now. So they stop to get Roundtable pizza? That's different. That's very different. Well, remember, we're spoiled. I think we have three of them with an earshot of here. Yes. Yeah. Well, I think they, the, uh, not to go on the round table tangent, but like they, uh, they, they went out of business, didn't they? But the franchises still kept around. Is that what it happened? I have no idea. With round table? No idea. Years ago, I think them as a company kind of went under and the only ones that stuck around were franchisees. Aren't they supposed to be an, an honest pizza? You think. Okay. This doesn't sound very honest to me. But you know, yeah. Uh, Oh, yeah, I wouldn't have thought that's a thing. All right. Uh, First Prime Alpha says it's a three-hour drive without traffic. I haul butt to get there ASAP. Okay, that's a good answer. Mm-hmm. Three hours would be nice. Oh, it would. I would do that drive. What? All the time. Three hours? Three hours. Oh, yeah. yeah. Drop in the bucket, man. Boom. There you go. Uh, Fernando strikes back. Peeing before we leave. Making sure the kids pee before we leave. Then making sure they pee one more time. <laughs> I don't have a long drive, so there's nowhere yeah. I stop regularly. When we're pulling into a parking garage, my kids like for me to roll the windows down and blast some Disney music. I know it doesn't really count, but I like playing Awesome Mix Volume 1. No matter, <laughs> no matter how long you're stuck in the car, 15 hours or 15 minutes, enjoy it. Talk, joke, laugh, sing, and remember where you're going. Absolutely. Very good answers. I agree. That's, yeah. That's the best because yeah. I feel like, yeah, it always has to do with, like, you have some of the coolest conversations. Like, you I feel really like. do. Yeah. I, I, yes, you do. If you really think about it, 
Whether we're on a plane or in a car, when we're going to the park, yeah. like you think about the conversations you're having. Yeah. I mean, they're great. I mean, you're talking about everything under the sun. Mm-hmm. And then we go to Disney and you're like, oh, and then, you know, the yeah. park. Like you're bringing the park and you can't wait to get there. But the vibe coming home is also sad, like bittersweet. It's bittersweet, but you know I what? I do want to go right back to work the very next day, yeah. But we're always thinking about our next trip. That's true. Yeah. Which is in December. Oh, oh yes. Are you, are you going to that 13th? <laughs> okay. All right. She needs to come. Okay. We, we've got the uh, set of dirt cheap. Anyway. Okay. People want to hear, hear Jeff, so we got to get through, through okay, the news okay, fast. Okay, 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 okay. Rapid fire, rapid fire. <laughs> uh, so now let's go to our news. No, wait. I had something to say before we go there. Oh, we're not going to our news yet. Um, well, I figured you'd ask me, like, hey, what have you been up to? What, oh, what have you, you, you been up to? Oh, hey. Thanks for asking. Uh, I had the opportunity to go to the screening. Oh, of yeah. the of the Joker? Uh, no, even though it was a great film. I love the Joker. Great film, wasn't it? Feel good movie of the year. Oh yeah, I mean, I came out of there going, I am happy with my life because I am not him. Um, anyway, um, yeah, I, went, I had a opportunity to go to Lucasfilm. Oh yes, the campus uh, with uh, Joe from Disney Universe to the premiere of the first two episodes of Resistance um, season two. And um, I'm going to tell you this right now. Okay, the show um, is a really good show. Hmm. Um, very more kid-centric, though. N- more than Rebels. Okay. 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 Um, but where they're moving now, I'm like, oh, they're going good. Like, it's getting really, really intense and really good. It is bridging the gap. It actually takes place right before um, and into... Um, what is it? Um, Force Awakens. Okay. And it was really good. Um, amazing that I walked those halls. That's cool. Because I know where I am. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was a trip because I'm like, you know, I'm sitting in this room and Georgia Lucas has been here. Dave Filoni has been in here. Favreau has been in here. Ryan Johnson has been in there. Mm. Oh, um, you got it. You got to ruin it. Okay. Um, you know, you think about who else has been in there. Um, Kathleen Kennedy. She has, and I, I will give her props. I disagree with what she's doing now, but oh. I cannot negate her past. Um, okay. So yeah, like amazing. So if you haven't seen the show, go see it. It's okay. Um, it'll probably and it will be on Disney Plus. Okay. Yeah, but great time. Um, I have a ton of pictures. I didn't post them all because some of them are for me. Okay. (laughs) You know what would be good is if maybe if you record your thoughts and experiences that and put that on. um, That would have been good for me to set when I was sitting there. Yeah. But I was way way too excited to be where I was at. But but now that you've collected your thoughts. Okay. I think think people would like to hear that. Okay. Well, awesome. I'm glad you got to do that. I was slightly envious, but I'm glad you got to do that. Yeah, it was very cool. I mean, the closest I got was that one time we all went. Mm Mm-hmm. Saw the fountain and stuff. I remember that. Oh, the Yoda fountain? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I walked in and walked over. Yeah, was um, very cool. Nice. Very cool. Yeah. Yes. Thank you again for for that, for everybody who got me in there. And I'm hoping to get in there one more time. One more time. Okay. Okay. All right. So now let's go to our news. You listen to me now. You are talking about things that you do not understand. All right, all right. 
so there's some commotion going on in Tomorrowland right now, mm-hmm. uh, and that is the Tomorrowland Fast Pass station. Disney is preparing to test a new method for obtaining fast passes at Disneyland. Currently, guests have the option to pay $15 to purchase Max Pass to make Fast Pass reservations on the Disneyland app or to scan their tickets at the Fast Pass kiosk by the attraction for free. With this new method, individual kiosks by the attraction, Buzz Lightyear, Astro Blasters, Hyperspace Mountain, and Star Tours will be phased out in favor of a centralized touchscreen kiosk for multiple attractions. In lieu of printed paper fast, sorry, in lieu of printed paper fast passes, guests will then have to link their tickets to the Disneyland app to view their fast pass reservations. Mm. Ahead of testing, which begins today, October fifteenth, the new centralized fast pass kiosks have kiosks have been installed in Tomorrowland, just outside of the Tomorrowland Theater, to the right of Space Mountain. Mm. They've been covered for now, but the kiosks feature a small slot for you to scan and link your phone or ticket, plus physical buttons, in addition to the touch screens. For now, these centralized FastPass kiosks are just a test. Guest feedback will be an important factor in whether this method is rolled out across Disneyland. What do you guys think about this? Um, I think um, the first thought literally that comes to my head is please get rid of the paper tickets. Because the at, what, last time me and Jess were there... They, since they're already getting synced up to your to your app and your phone, people are leaving them behind and causing such trash problem. And me and Jess are so big about leaving mm-hmm. trash behind. Me and Jess will go to anytime we go to a kiosk, we will pick up all of the stuff and throw it away. Yep. And it's like, because it's not that difficult, people. It's really just two seconds. But um, you know, but then the nostalgia of me is like, man, that's going to be like the gone away of the ticket of like the A ticket and the mm-hmm. B ticket and the C ticket. That's what it reminds me of, too. It's like it's another thing that's kind of just like makes me sad. But then what about people that are like not tech savvy? You know, Thank you. it's like, Thank you. like that that's is thing. where I was going to go. Like maybe have an option for both. But well, like, what, what what I think? Still. Yeah. No, I agree with you. OK. Mm-hmm. Um. I think they need to educate people better. Like if you have, no, no, no. If, if, if you have an app, literally what they do is like, if you have the app, do not print up a paper one. Do not. And hopefully maybe they can figure out an algorithm or something where if it's going to the phone, it will not print up a paper one. Oh, sure. That's right. easily done. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think I, 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 they can do it. it It'll be fine because for us, we're like, okay, boom, app, and we're off and running because that is how we are. Mm-hmm. But I could just see my like my mom, for example, like trying to figure that out. I, you know, like I, I, I think I would sit there and watch your mom do that and laugh. Yeah, I would too. Love you, core. <laughs> yeah, I, I would do it. Um, but um, <laughs> oh my gosh, now that is in my head right now. <laughs> or maybe like have. You know, when you go to Target or any store, you have your checkout, regular old-fashioned checkout people, but then you have Mm -hmm. self-checkout. Have that one loan machine Mm -hmm. that maybe people can use. Yeah, and then basically go paper. Paper line. Paper ticket and then app line. Yeah. Done. Which they do in Florida to an extent. They have these random kiosks throughout each park that is a proprietary like tablet screen that you can um, you can load your, your fast passes onto. And they're just scattered throughout the whole entire park. Granted, there should be more than I feel like there should be. There's only like two per park, maybe three. 
but oh. they they come in handy like in mm-hmm. the case you don't want to do it off online and you know on your computer or you just don't want to use your phone they have kiosks for that in florida could be good yeah, yeah. it could work it out could but have potential yeah, yeah but i the fact that you you know you brought out these paper um fast passes i'm like oh yeah these are cool they are cool to have yeah. really cool yeah mm-hmm. I mean, what happens when the line gets too long for these three things, these three machines that they have there? Or, what, or like, what if they're down? Mm-hmm. I mean, they're just kind of messed up. Yeah. But I do kind of like the fact that they're centralizing stuff. And, mm-hmm. but it's a mixed review. Mm-hmm. It's a mixed review. We'll see how it goes. It actually starts, well, it starts today as we, as we talk. Well, when we go in December, um, <laughs> we'll look at it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Oh, Next item is Spider-Man attraction details. If you've ever thrust your wrist forward while pretending to shoot a web from it, and I know 13 has. I have. (laughs) Disney's what? I was just going to say, it's like, because every person does that. Yeah, it's like, yeah, we're making the little web thing. Guilty. Udi's doing it. Uh, Disney's upcoming Spider-Man ride is going to try to give riders that sensation courtesy of some new technology. Uh, We've known... For a long time, their new ride was in the works, but thanks to a recent panel at New York Comics at New York Comic Con, a couple of imaginary executives revealed that it will get give each guest the feeling of having Spider-Man's web shooters on their wrists as they try to wrangle some spider bots that have gotten out of control. And I hate it when the spider bots get out of, out of control. I know, I've gotten what, used to it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Marvel.com posted a video of the recent New York uh, Comic-Con panel where Scott Drake, a creative executive at Walt Disney Imagineering, explained what we can expect from the new ride. When the mischief that Peter Parker gets in, where, yeah, when the mischief that Peter Parker gets in, where Spider-Bots are released all over the Avengers campus, he needs all of our help. That's where we step up. We get these, we get in these vehicles, and we go on this crazy adventure through all different parts of the campus, cleaning up and slinging webs right next to Spider-Man. Oh boy! Kids are gonna go crazy. So guess. Oh, first oh my nephew's gonna go crazy on this ride. So guests on the attraction will be able to shoot their own webs out of their wrists via immersive technology. Exactly what the technology is or how it works remains unclear. We've previously assumed that the new ride might feature individual mounted web shooters for each rider to shoot digital targets as the ride progresses, similar to Toy Story Mania. I hope it's not that. The untitled Spider-Man ride is set to open in Disney California Adventure sometime in 2020 and Disneyland Paris sometime in 2021. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Um, wait and see. Wait I know. And see. I know you're, you're kind of like, eh. I, yeah, I mean, because I, you don't like the shooter. No, I don't. But I will, I will definitely go do it. Right. Just like I will experience Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway. Oh, yeah. I do want to see that as well, even though I'm not. Yeah. Jumping up for joy over it. Yeah. Are you jumping for joy over the Spider-Man thing? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no. That's a hard no. But I, I literally, my brain went. Spider-Man stuff. That means there's gonna be Spider-Man merch. That means is there gonna be merch where you like string silly string, and then there's gonna be a mess in the park, and then people are gonna have to clean it up. And Grandma, slow down. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> <laughs> That's where my brain. Look at Grandma went over and like, oh no, it's gonna be a mess. You clean up your mess, Junior. Wow. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, we're gonna wait, wait and see. I and mean, this is not any kind of. I don't know. It's we're gonna. We're it's gonna news. Yeah. yeah, it's news. Um, the new Adventureland sign has come open uh, recently. It looks pretty good. Um, some people have said that the grass skirt on the new hut thing needs to go all the way down. 
because it looks mm. kind of barren. Mm-hmm. But there's there's a ladder there too that makes it look like it's a fort or something, which you mm. can't really see in the picture. But I saw another picture with it. Um, I think it looks pretty good. It's about the same. I, I like mean, it. It's like, yeah, yeah, I it's mean, a, yeah. They didn't change it too crazy. No. No. Mm-hmm. Oh, here is a fun one. I'm glad it's back. What's what's up next? Your next one. Oh, your next story. Jungle Cruise trailer dropped. Oh, yes. Uh, you guys want to talk, talk about that? Yes. Looks so good. Uh-huh. <sighs> you know, um, well, I hope everybody has seen it by now. Yes. And by the time... <laughs> Spoiler alert for a trailer. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go... Well, I love the fact that we've gotten now an idea of what the skipper, the Rock character is. I'm like, oh, you're a con man. Mm-hmm. Oh, he is, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, and then the way he's activating his gags, I'm like, oh, yeah. I'm like, oh, I love it. And then they did the backside of water in there, and I'm like, yes. Okay, so i tell you the story. I'm, I'm at work, and we're literally on break. And when we take a break, we sit under a tree, um, an oak tree. Um, and I'm sitting there watching it. And I have my coworkers around me. I'm like, yeah, when, when he goes backside of water. And then they look at me like, what? I'm like, dude, backside of water. I'm like, oh, you guys don't get it. But you guys understand, if you understood, yeah. you would be excited right now mm-hmm. that that got worked in. They're like, okay. Well, I'm like, I got, oh, well, I geeked out. I didn't care. Mm-hmm. I don't care. I'll geek out. But yeah, it was great. Yeah. Good. Um... The one thing that is kind of that ties into this, I was talking to my mom about that um, I find interesting is because I, I really love Emily Blunt mm-hmm. um, and I love Dwayne Johnson in general as actors. They're really good. Um, and I think the old school thing of when you had the 50s Disney movies, you had, when you had Mary Poppins, the original, and like Alice in Wonderland and stuff, you always had these key actors, right? Mm-hmm. That would be in like so many Disney films that you could see them all the time. The guy mm-hmm. who played um, like the Mad Hatter, I can't think of his name, um, but repeat actors. You'd, you'd hear them in either animation or you'd see them in their movies all the time. And I feel like The Rock and Emily Blunt kind of give me that warm and fuzzy feeling again of mm-hmm. like they fit in the Disney universe. Oh like, yeah. Right. Like they just like they're the way they're they carry their actors is so good and it remind me of those times of that when you would see these like classic Disney character ca- uh, actors and actresses um kind of gave me that same feeling again which is like it's great because mm-hmm. then it makes me feel like okay well they're not just trying to pull a money maker like no. making Maleficent 2 or you know things like that like this this actually has some class uh or the haunted mansion movie for example, like trying to turn that into a movie, I feel like this actually has substance to it. Mm-hmm. And when I, when I finished watching it, I'm like, okay, this is actually a real story here. Yeah, well, that same vibe you got after, um, you know, Curse of the Black Pearl. Mm-hmm. You looked at it and went like, oh, like, you know, where are they going to go? And then um, that was my biggest question. And when you hear The Rock... Um, talking about, no, we wanted to honor Walt. I'm like, okay, well, you know, you... Got some big shoes. That is a big, big ask, and you guys better deliver. And then the feeling, watching the trail, I'm like, uh-oh, they may have done it. But, mm-hmm. I mean, two minutes. Two minutes, yeah. Two and a half yeah. minutes. So, we'll see, but the vibe is definitely 
Like I'm on board. I think because of the all state set it in an older time period. I mean, mm-hmm. that could just be me, but I think not making it modern of mm-hmm. any sorts and made it like I think it was like a World War Two era because mm-hmm. she I don't she know. lands on the um, oh yeah she lands on the bus. on the on the bus yeah 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 mm-hmm. yeah so when when is this release date uh, summer twenty yeah. summer next 2020, year twenty yeah oh nice mm-hmm. but anyway well, I super excited I wonder how it's going to impact the um, attraction is it going to add more guests or are they going to add anything to it um. We're going to get both of them in there, probably. Wonder you, I wonder if the guys who and girls that are current skippers, after it's out, I wonder if they're going to feel more pressure to, of their deliveries. Mm. That's a good question. Yeah. I hope not. I wouldn't think so, because I think they all, like, I've never, I don't think I've really had a bad skipper. I think I've had better ones mm-hmm. and not so good ones, but yeah. never had a bad skipper. I agree. I think that, I don't know, I wonder if they'll feel more pressure, like, to, I like, hope not. to be, to, you know, deliver, but, you know. Something. Yeah. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's the next news item? Oh, okay. Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railroad begins at the next major project at Disneyland has begun. Backstage buildings, including most of the Toontown Hills, have been removed to make way for Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway attraction. Although construction inside the land has not yet begun, guests visiting Toontown will notice that something looks a little different. Um, that's those Toontown Hills in the background have been taken out. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, <laughs> and that's really the big news about that. Uh, I'm sure they're gonna come back up. Maybe, maybe not. Who cares, really? <laughs> I mean, do you? I don't. Don't unless even care. Unless it's blocking anything, which I don't. Well, you can see the buildings behind it, but maybe they're gonna come back later to hide the shell a little bit. Yeah, because unless it was really trying to hide something, or like, because I think about Galaxy's Edge and how they've. They've put so much landscaping and stuff to make sure it's hidden. That yes. I think that's the same idea that they had with that, that they were trying to, like, you know, give you more uh, of a show mm. with those hills. Yep. Yeah. I don't know. Well, bad show right now. Bad show right now, but yeah. that's okay for, the, for, for, for what for they're doing. It's Yeah, well. Um, the last question of, of Tomorrowland with a bunch of question marks, and that was basically to talk about the construction, but I don't think we should go through that tonight because uh, there was still a lot left to be resolved from that land. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But basically, they're taking out the, the French fry rocks and doing some work on mm-hmm. um, the buildings right to the left and right of the entrance. Um, but that's all we know. Did they remove the tracks yet? I, I don't think so. I have no idea. Uh, but we'll, we'll unpack that in a future episode. Mm-hmm. Um, was there anything else in the news? I thought there was something else we were going to talk about. Um, no, I don't know. Um, light week. Well, the Blitz has begun for Disney Plus everywhere, social media. Okay. Oh, yeah. That's always a and, nice And the vibe, I mean, uh, the vibe I'm getting, because I, I have not on purpose gone to look at their what they're releasing, but it feels like it's going to be their entire library. Oh, okay. Like everything. Of movies and such? Oh. Wow. Shows going back, movies, yada, yada, yada. Mm. I'm like, Oh my gosh, that's a raven like all the time. Like yeah, there you go. Yes. <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. Nice. So yeah, but Mandalorian. Hello. <laughs> anyway, awesome. All right, so that's the news, and now let's go to our feature presentation. And now for our feature presentation.
Hey there, LTP listeners. We want to welcome to the show uh, a very special guest. Uh, he's the author of the unauthorized story of Walt Disney's Haunted Mansion. He's also the co-founder of the Mousedalgia podcast, and he's the founder of the DoomBuggies.com. Uh, this, is, this is one of our favorite foolish mortals. It is Jeff Bam. Hello, Jeff. Hey, thank you. Hey, hi. Thanks for having me on the show. This is awesome. Absolutely, sir. Thank you so much for taking time out of your evening to hang out with us. Uh, always, Absolutely. Yeah, this is one of the reasons why we love doing podcasts is we get to connect with people and we get the people that, 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 that we like, people that we want to just talk, talk, talk shop with. Mm-hmm. And you definitely fit the bill for that. Super. <sighs> Super. Okay, so yeah, some of our listeners do follow your show um, on Nostalgia, and um, so I, I think some of them do have a, a uh, background of, of who you are and what you've done, but um, in the off chance that there are some people that haven't you know, heard, heard your show or know what you do, um, can you just briefly describe um, how you got into uh, Disneyland and then got into um, the Honda Mansion? Yeah, absolutely. That's um, that's a great involved question. You know, there's lots <laughs> of different angles about my, you know, Disney fandom. Um, I think probably uh, my, well, my parents grew up in South Central LA, and they had friends, you know, and so um, their friends had kids about the same time as my parents, and so we all became like almost like cousins. You know, they would go down and visit. And they kind of used Disneyland as almost like a daycare for us back then. So we would, they'd drop us all off as little kids. You know, they'd just drop us off at Disneyland and then they'd go off and have their, you know, lots of very farm chicken dinners and oh, they'd yeah. leave us there at Disneyland to prowl around. So um, that's kind of where the Disneyland, the love of Disneyland came from. I, you know, and then you combine that with, I just grew up a monster kid um, in the 70s. You know, I loved monster movies that was on television a lot. I loved Famous Monsters in Magazine, and, you know, so I just, um, you can, you kind of combine the, the creepiness of that with Disneyland, and the Haunted Mansion is kind of a natural thing, so uh, when I, I'm a graphic designer, when I graduated from art school, it was right in the 90s before they really made you learn computer graphics, right, so I kind of realized websites were becoming a big thing, and I realized, you know, I need to know this for my profession, so I also I kind of combined that with um, my love of haunted stuff, and it just I decided to start a website. You know, some people were starting fan sites about their favorite band or their pet. <laughs> I decided to start it about the haunted, the haunted mansion, right? So, um, and so that eventually became DoomBuggies.com. That little like, let me just see if I can learn how to put a website together. Oh yeah. Um, and that was, yeah, that was in the nineties, nineteen ninety seven. Halloween of nineteen ninety seven was when I launched. DoomBuggies.com. So this Very is cool. going to be uh, the 22nd anniversary. Yeah. Awesome. So and that was 97. So were you using a uh, a WYSIWYG editor to get that out? Were you doing it in code? Yeah. No. I was. Well, I'm actually I was trying to kind of learn both, right? Yeah. But at the time, I was still using like whatever. Let's see. I think my first version was on AOL servers, actually, like an <laughs> AOL at, at home pages. Yeah. So yeah. I think it was their their own. WYSIWYG thing, you know, like their little sure, thing. And sure. I quickly got um, Dream Dreamweaver. Whenever Dreamweaver came out at oh, first, yeah. that's mm-hmm. when I first really did my own kind of coding slash WYSIWYG. You know, it was kind of a combo, right? So, um, yeah, that's how that went. Okay, awesome. Awesome. 
Okay, so uh, grew up in San Jose um, and then has, has parents that, that grew up in uh, South Central Los Angeles, but then you would yeah. use Disneyland or they would use Disneyland as a kind of a, like an all day babysitter for you. <laughs> Man, yeah. yeah, yeah, those were the days. So, so um, from, from that, did, did you get an interest in theme parks in general or is it, or is it just the attractions that you were drawn to or did you know what you were drawn to at Disneyland back then? Wow, that's a good question. You know, I had that Haunted Mansion record also growing up. My parents wouldn't, like, buy us Saturday Night Fever records or anything like that. <laughs> no disco. But they'd buy us all the Disney records we wanted, right? Sure. So sure. Uh, there was a Disneyland record called The Haunted, the Story and Song of the Haunted Mansion, and I loved that thing. It had beautiful artwork um, by an Imagineer, actually, named Colin Campbell, and it was just uh, it just everything that I loved was in this record, like Disneyland and this haunted stuff and these great pictures. So I used to like trace the pictures when I was a kid and I kept breaking the records. And my mom would get all mad and then buy me a new one. And I just must have gone through three or four of those. I just that kind of um, made me love. I mean, there was something involved with that and Disneyland together. You know, um, I also grew up, you know, in San Jose had its own theme parks. There's Frontier Village. Um, we were talking about offline Frontier yeah, yeah. Village. Yes. And um, you might remember that. That's that had some some Disney Imagine. I think a Disney Imagineer were also worked on Frontier Village and it had some Frontierland kind of elements to it. Oh, that yeah, was absolutely. Cool. absolutely. Um, and then we had Great America, of course. I remember Marriott's Great America. I think it opened in 1976. That, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yep, absolutely. And I, um, yeah, I remember in 1975 they had a big model in this mall, Eastridge Mall in San Jose, and I used to look at that thing every week and just think about how amazing it was going to be to have like a theme park in San Jose. Oh yeah. Um, so that yeah. So yeah, I mean, theme parks are definitely a part of my, you know, history, um, and I, I don't. You know, the Disney part of it, um, I remember, so when I went to college and the Disney thing became a little bit less important to me while I was like learning graphic design and getting my first job, <clears throat> excuse me. And then I, I remember going to the Disney store. The Disney store opened sometime in like, I don't know, the late 80s, I think, or maybe the early 90s. And I would go there with my girlfriend. We'd drive all the way to, to Palo Alto just to go to the Disney store. And once I was in there shopping and I heard this, this young guy um, who was, you know, at the time I was probably 20, so he was probably 24, 25. So it may be someone famous now, but okay. he was like, I just got my first, I just got my first job as an Imagineer. And he was talking to the cast members in the Disney store about okay. becoming an Imagineer. And I just remember thinking at that moment, like, there's something magic happening in this guy's life. Like he is setting off to something amazing. And I think that was kind of a moment when I started to look at Disney again in a different light, like the history of it and the creativity behind it and everything that's involved with creating the theme parks. I think that was a moment that kind of sticks out in my mind as like recognizing, I, if, I don't want to use the word gravity, but you know, that it's more than like Great America or Frontier Village. Like this was something different. And um, yeah, that's, that's kind of where, that's my theme park history um, in a nutshell. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You, you know, there are, um, yeah, when you're talking, I'm sitting here going, absolutely. Like, there is a moment in time where I think all of us go from mm -hmm. the kid-like innocence of the park, and then we start recognizing, oh, my goodness, there's a lot here. There is so much going on, yeah. and it is brilliant. You know, there are touches everywhere, and you're like, holy smokes, this is way better than way deeper 
than I could have ever imagined as a child. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, yeah. And, you know, over the past decade when I've really been diving into nostalgia and been able to talk to some of these Imagineers that work with Walt Disney, I mean, it's, <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, it's a history of our popular culture mm-hmm. in America. You mm-hmm. know, it's, it's it's a really a cultural history moment um, that's rare. And in most cultures, you know, these moments where you find something that changes the world, like that's a rare oh, yeah. little occurrence, you know. And here we are kind of witnessing the, the tail end of that, right? So, um, yeah, that's 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 amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, very, very, very glad to hear you say that. Because, uh, you know, our, our, our podcast is, I mean, first and foremost, we, we – we love the history of Disneyland, mm-hmm. um, and we are very like um, honest about it and very protective of that. And so we're we're just, I should say, we are cautiously looking f- to the future <laughs> of Disneyland and taking this <laughs> taking it month by month mm-hmm. as to see what's happening next. And yep. you know, I mean, we're we're, we're just that group of people that were like, yeah, okay, hold on. What are you guys doing here? And you guys better do it, do, do, do it right. And we're going to get into that a little bit later. Um, in this, in this episode about what you think about what's everything that's going on with the current stuff. Um, but, but, uh, let's go back. So the history of the haunted mansion here, um, Oh, you know what? Actually, Jeff, I did read on mm-hmm. your on your website. You had a very inter- an interesting quote, and maybe I wanted you to expand upon this. Um, so this is from your own site, uh, where you 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 mentioned I live in the Silicon Valley, and I try to get down to Disneyland at least three times a year for a creative renewal. Um, I simply find that in terms of my artistic nature, Disneyland is a refreshing place to be. Um, so. I suspect you've, you you go more than three times a year in ISAC. I think this is an, is an older quote from you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but 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 I, what I found it interesting about that is because you have an artistic nature. How is it that you find Disneyland to be refreshing, and and how does that help uh, get your creative juices flowing? Inspire. Yeah, inspire. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, that's a great question. Um, and yeah, I do get down there somewhat frequently these days. I, mean, <laughs> yeah, I yeah. just so I just got back actually uh, two days ago from Disneyland and I went for a couple hours just to eat at the Bengal barbecue. So mm-hmm. it is kind of one of those things when I'm around there, I'll try to get there to be soaked in the atmosphere. Sure. Um, you know, and I don't want to sound what's the word? Pollyanna's not the word. I mean there's a lot of artists that take inspiration from Disneyland and it's mm-hmm. not always about like smelling the flowers and laughing at people's the hats and co- and you know Disney bounding. Sometimes it's a little bit more. Just it it helps me re- remember um, the history of popular culture in America, and it, it also has a little bit of a mid-century flair that I personally appeals to my aesthetic sense and my design. So I can, you know, part of it is being in a place that still feels like authentic mid-century design. So that's like a literal thing. Um, but a big part of it is also just I know people that have worked here and over the years and still working there and have worked there. And I kind of can kind of revisit what I know about them and, and how, you know, all these people work together to make this unique um, situation that people can just absorb, you know, energy from. I, sure. I guess I don't want to sound too weirdly, weirdly metaphysical, but no, no. it's just, um, you, you know, it's just a very 
inspirational in the literal meaning of the word, like an inspirational place for me. And, um, and then a little part of it is literally the, the history nut in me, you know, I just like to feel like, yeah, Walt Disney did walk right around here somewhere mm-hmm. and I can, you know, you know what I mean? So, um, there's little bits of, in pieces of a lot of things that come together to make it inspirational, um, to me. I mean, and I can find inspiration other places in the world. It doesn't have to be Disneyland, but that definitely is one of the, um, one of the places. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, that's a uh, good answer. I mean, are are you at the point now where I mean, because I because I, like when I when when I go, I could literally not go on any attractions and have a mm-hmm. really good time yep. walking around, observing, taking in the sights, grabbing something to eat, and just sitting around. Um, of course, my my daughters won't let me do that, <laughs> but but I, I I definitely have a great time just doing that. Are are you at that point where where uh, you can do that? Oh yeah, absolutely. I rarely go on attractions anymore. I mean, I, I used to, uh, I, you know, it's been attractions somewhat bore me these days. <laughs> I mean, because it's it's not because they're not awesome. It's just because you know the the weight versus the payoff. So something very familiar to me isn't quite worth um, perhaps the payoff of just walking around and observing, you know, what's new in in, a, in retail or what's this new sandwich taste like, you know. Sure. So um, I find the payoff to be a little bit more weighted towards the experience of being there than the attraction experience. But of course, attractions are kind of cool with with friends, right? So it's different if I'm going myself or if I'm going with just one person that's very familiar to me. Or if I'm going with a bunch of friends, especially if you're going with someone that's never been there before, hasn't been there in a long time, then, then it's all about the attractions and like, check this out and check okay. that out. And, um, so, but yes, definitely, uh, I rarely, usually when I go to Disneyland these days, it's either probably once a year, it's just to kind of be there for half a day and, you know, just watch things happen. And like what we were talking about before the atmosphere, yeah. and then maybe once or twice to, to like report on something new, like, oh, there's a new parade or there's a new sandwich or there's a new something or other okay and then maybe another couple another couple times are just um you know friend friendships that are more for the attractions and that kind of thing gotcha okay awesome all right so let's talk a little bit about uh history of the haunted mansion and um so i i seem to recall a couple odd things about the haunted mansion and you and i'm sure you will correct me but um i think i remember seeing an original park map or concept of main street and there was a haunted house up to the up to the left side that would be, that would be like the west side of of um main street is that is that correct in the original concept there was haunted man actually it was called a haunted house back then yeah well sort of so um Herb, Herb Ryman um, created um, like the early kind of idea of Disneyland for Walt Disney. You know, there's this famous Lost Weekend where yes. they sat together and yes. knocked out this this big map of Disneyland. And on there, on the west side at the end of Main Street, there's a there's like an old house, and you kind of feel like, well, what's that? You, you know, sure. And, um, yes. M- m- most of us Haunted Mansion nerds kind of feel like, well, that's probably where Walt Disney wanted a haunted house. Um, there were concept drawings dating back to about then um, of a haunted house on a hill. And that was also part of um, the early plans for, I guess, Mickey Mouse Park before Walt even had figured on Anaheim being <laughs> Disneyland. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, you know, you, you kind of feel like he probably always wanted a haunted house. And it's not surprising. You know, most amusement parks had some kind of um, 
Tunnel of Love or Dark Ride or Spook House. You, you know, <laughs> sure, so sure. there's nothing surprising about Walt wanting to have a haunted house there. And um, so I think that's what you're thinking of. I think the earliest time they actually called it a haunted house, it was located a little bit more towards kind of where Tarzan's treehouse is right now. Yeah, um, yeah. It so, so you it mean like the 1958 yeah. map, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. I think that's when they first okay, go ahead, called sorry. it a haunted house. Yes, a no, haunted no, house. That's fine. So, so yeah, that was going to lead me to the to the next part because I didn't see it after that original map, and then I remember seeing it in '58, and I, I think there's like an A map or a B map or something like that, and it just shows it on the backside of Adventureland, um, and that thing looks incredible. Like, oh my gosh, this would have been yeah. so awesome. But sorry, so <laughs> so that's where you were in the in the history. So here we are, in 1958. Okay, I'm sorry. No, that's that's great. You know, and um, I I think the haunted mansion as an attraction was kind of more part of the whole New Orleans addition they were going to put into Frontierland. So Frontierland kind of had this New Orleans street, and um, then you know then they they thought, well, let's let's build this pirates kind of area. And so you where that haunted house is, where Tarzan's treehouse is, kind of was going to be more like. It's not far from New Orleans Square, right? So Pirates is going to be kind of where it is. And then the New Orleans Square was going to push out to the Haunted House, which was right kind of there, a little bit south, southeast of Pirates. And then um, New Orleans Square was going to wrap around to where it is now, right? So I think um, some of the earliest plans for the Haunted Mansion were really more like part of this pirate experience. You were going to have this cool New Orleans like French Quarter that was very beautiful and clean and kind of an idealized French Quarter of New Orleans and all these little shops and restaurants. And then there was this little like, oh, but you can also look go through our wax museum of all the evil, mm-hmm. you know, pirates of history. And then there was going to be this house that was kind of derelict at the end of New Orleans Square. And that was going to be the home of one of the pirates from New Orleans. Um, Bartholomew Gore, this, who how... Um, Ken Anderson named him. <laughs> and so uh, the Haunted Mansion actually started more as like an adjunct to the Pirates of the Caribbean um, walkthrough attraction. So they were both going to be walkthrough exhibits. And you, you could walk through the, the Pirates exhibit, which was kind of, I mean, they call it like a wax museum, but it was a little more involved than that. They were going to have some animatronic scenes and you would enter and kind of walk across this big ship and then you would kind of be in the dungeons and you'd see all these scenes and things, you know, and then mm-hmm. you could also walk across the patio over to this area that was kind of run down and ramshackle and go into Captain Gore's home and then hear the story of, of his unfortunate demise. So um, that's kind of where Ken Anderson started uh, okay. the whole Haunted Mansion idea. Interesting. Did, go ahead. And then... Uh, yeah. no, go ahead, go ahead. Alan. Um, yeah. Yeah, so... so um, it 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 actually has some of the things that are in the haunted mansion today have a few roots in there in the that old plan for this this Captain Bartholomew Gore's house. There were it was a story of his bride and how he murdered her. So the bride continues. Uh, famously, there's a ship at the top of the haunted mansion's weather vane that kind of is a callback to people believe it's a callback to the early plans that were going to be about a captain of a ship and um you know and it has a few different things that kind of may have made their way into the haunted mansion as it exists now more or less it was um 
pretty different animal, though. It was, you know, you're going to walk through and you're going to hear the story about how, basically, how um, this captain, this, the sea captain and his bride um, were to get married or they had just got married and she, she found out, she discovered he was actually a pirate, not a, not a captain of a, you know, of a, of a reputable ship, but an evil pirate. So he murders her and stuffs her in a box and then she comes back and haunts him um, and so he kills himself at the end of the of the attraction. So pretty 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 dark, right, for a Disneyland thing. Um, well, but that was yeah. kind of the kind of the story as they put it together, um, roughly. Did and, it um, did it say how he murdered her? Um, I don't think I don't think so. I think it was just he killed her and stuffed her in a chest because at the end oh. you would see the special effect like of a chest. I, I don't think you ever found out what happened to her until the end when she she came out of a chest like she jumped out of a chest to you know okay. something like that so I, I it's i think there's only story outlines for this you know this uh, version of the haunted mansion it's not really you know they didn't actually really i think he may have tested some of the effects and things and maybe built some mock-ups and things but it was never got much into a development phase at this point okay hmm. Interesting. Well, well, because now I think I'm jumping f- forward. I'm sorry, I'm just all over the place here because my my mind is no. wandering. Um, so Jim Corcus had mentioned to us that uh, he said that you know there's a scene in the current Haunted Mansion where you actually become the bride, and that's when you get thrown out. Was when the Doom Buggy turns backwards and you go yeah. backwards down, and you can see the outside of the mansion. Um inside as you come down to the graveyard and he said that was when you become the bride and you were actually dying mm-hmm. going down and in, in, into the graveyard and i go well, i even know what you're talking about jim and sure enough when we went on it next <laughs> no. sure enough sure enough as soon as the doom buggy turns we start going backwards down you, yep. we, we see the outside of the mansion yep so you must be completely familiar with this right jeff uh well sure uh i mean <laughs> sure, sure. okay so um <laughs> I mean, okay, so let me, let me say this. So there are a lot of um, lots of explanations for things. So there there are some imaginers, imagineers that would say, well, no. <laughs> um, and then there's some imagineers that said, well, you know, it's kind of open to your interpretation, you know, to that specific idea. And I mean, you clearly are in some sense supposed to feel yourself, you know, coming out of the mansion and, right. and knowing that you're kind of entering a new space because it, it does dip you backwards, right? And so mm-hmm. I would say this, though. Um, when Tony Baxter and the Imagineers recreated the Haunted Mansion for Paris and Disneyland, you know, Disneyland Paris, they they clearly um, wanted you to, you to believe that as you dipped down and fell out of the Haunted Mansion or the Phantom Manor, that you were becoming, you know, you were entering your grave because you go down under the ground you see all these graves coming out of the ground next to you and so you know looking at that and then saying well maybe that's you know if that's how they're reflecting this scene maybe there is something to the whole well you're coming out you know you're falling out of the mansion or you know somehow joining the afterlife party um personally i i don't see the like the documentation for like, oh well, you fell out and you were you were dying and becoming part of the the graveyard, you know. But I mean, I've heard that lots of times, and Jim Corcus knows what he's talking about. So, <laughs> who am I? Yeah, well, you are. You're yeah. you're Jeff Band. Yeah, 
Yeah. Well, I, I think after he kind of said that, like when we wrote it again, I'm like, okay, now I, I kind of, I can feel that because yeah, you're, you're clearly transforming. And then now you're in the graveyard and like, okay, am I dead now? You know, you have that, I, I don't know. I have that feeling. Yeah. It's always a weird transformation. But it, it for me. could have very well been the power of suggestion on his part. Well, I, I agree. Okay. But yeah. yeah. Like storytelling yep. coming to life yep. kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So, um, actually one of our listeners, uh, had a question for you and I was going to ask it towards the end, but this actually kind of fits into where we are in our conversation. So, um, this is from Fernando. Uh, he, he said, curious how he feels. He being you, Jeff, uh, curious how he feels about pirates mansion, Tom Sawyer, Island connection that never was. Would it have worked sure. if they tried to tie them together, or was it a doom, oh doom buggy, mm-hmm. uh, or, or, or was it doomed from the start? <laughs> he tried to be funny. Um, so yeah, he yeah it, that, that was funny. Um, <laughs> okay. Um, I would have to say, well, that was a very involved. So that's a real thing, right? And it was someone's idea, you know. And it was a, it was a proposal, and it was super involved so i mean you kind of look at what they're doing with galaxy's edge which is in my opinion sort of a similar idea where we're going to make this big mythology and storyline behind this whole land right so could they have done that with new orleans square i don't see any reason why not now it wasn't built that way to begin with so (laughs) like if it if it was a reimagining or you know sometimes it's hard to do that when it's not doesn't begin that way um you know, I, I haven't really, I've read that kind of stuff with interest, and that's about all I can really say about that. Like, yeah. I, I haven't given it a ton of thought as to, you know, what what would have been if, if this had gone forward. Um, I mean, it I, sounds kind of cool, it's right? Definitely, <laughs> yeah, it definitely sounds kind of cool. And I mean, you know, I've heard people talking about tunnels from New York, from the island under New Orleans Square and you know, all true. kinds of amazing, amazing stuff, right? So, um, and it all does, like the, the Haunted Mansion and the Pirates of the Caribbean, uh, you know, they feel consistent. They were designed at the same time. You know, they're the same kind of show. It's, uh, you know... I don't know if I have really a well-formed opinion of that whole whole concept, but but I you know it's it's very intriguing. That's about the best I can say. Okay. Right on. Okay, so that so that gets us to post 1958, and then uh, so what are we at 1964-ish is when we start seeing. Um, yeah. Well, rumors. World's Fair. Well, okay. The World's Fair. Yeah. Well, so. 1958. So Ken Anderson also. So he did this Captain Gore thing, right? But they also changed that. They, they kind of, uh, at some point early on there. I think 1957 actually. Walt said, you know what? Let's. Uh, that may be around when they kind of started with the pirate idea. But quickly they kind of realized this needs to be, not really a pirate thing. Let's make it its own thing. So there was a moment when um, it kind of became more. Then Ken Anderson got a little more involved with the story, and it became about the Blood family. So instead of the Gores, it was or the Captain Gore. It was the Bloodmere family. You can see his like Halloween brain working here, right? <laughs> All these scary words and their names. Um, so he came up with um, a little bit more involved story. He still kept the bride in there. There's always been a bride. You know that's perhaps why the bride made her way into the final attraction, even though they really kind of jettisoned the story. Like Ken Anderson really had a, a, a strong um, kind of a desire to have this story of a of a lone or a doomed bride in, in the Haunted Mansion. So, 
the Bloodmere family, there was, um, you know, and there's a few stories that he did a few drafts of this also, but essentially a lot of the things that we know in the Haunted Mansion started to show up more and more. There were changing portraits. Um, there was, um, you know, famously, there's you would it was still a walking tour at this time, so you would walk through with groups of people, and you would be in a, you'd be led by a, um, by a, and you'd start off with a cast member, but then um, Harry the arm, this creature would grab him and yank him off the stage, mm-hmm. and then you would follow um, this lonesome ghost character for the rest of the attraction, mm-hmm. and um, there's kind of a famous scene at the, the kind of the climax of the Haunted Mansion. Well, one of the first one would be you'd walk into the parlor and outside in the graveyard, you'd see um, the headless, you'd have this encounter with the headless horseman. And um, that was kind of a, I don't know if that was supposed to be the highlight. I would kind of make it equal to like what the ballroom is in the Haunted Mansion. As mm-hmm. it exists. Like it was kind of this big scene you'd stand and watch for a while. And then you'd, you'd um, end up eventually in the, a ballroom uh, seeing this wedding um, happen with the bride and there were different versions of that you know there's a there's a period of time when he thought well they'll be a little more comical and they'd invite you know all the universal monsters would come to this and all these different creatures mm-hmm. would be attending the wedding um and so you know a lot of the things that w- did make it into the haunted mansion kind of had genesis here um it was like i said still a walking thing but you would uh kind of finish up and leave you know walking over tombstones in the ground and you know old an old graveyard and passing family crypts. And and so it was a more of a kind of a haunted house, a traditional haunted house, um, less of a pirate estate and more of a haunted house. And that was, you know, 57, 58 when Ken Anderson was um, working on this stuff. Um, And then he eventually went back to animation. He came from animation. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I I don't know, maybe this wasn't quite clicking with Walt. I'm I'm not a hundred percent sure. Exactly. You know, also Ken had some experience in animation. Sleeping Beauty was behind. They kind of could use his help. So he went back and worked on Sleeping Beauty with animation. Um, and then Walt kind of was left with, well, what are we going to do to go forward? So he had um, Yale Gracie come in and start looking at what Ken Anderson had done. And um, they didn't they didn't ditch it. You know, they kind of started there. And he said, like, well, let's, how can we make this, um, you know, a step beyond because i think ken anderson had ideas that were sort of like they have now in fantasy land you know similar similar types of ideas maybe on a bigger scale but um cycloramas and you know kind of you know spook house stuff and i think sure. walt wanted it to be more ma- magical like a magic show so um that's why he called yale and because he knew yale gracie would just tinker around with stuff he kind of had that reputation so he had yale come in and um, you know, come up with some ideas, and then he he also assigned uh, this this young kid named Rolly Crump to <laughs> to help Yale. Uh, yeah. And, and Rolly Rolly's told me like, yeah, he was just he was really um, at, at that point in time in '58 '59, he was he was just Yale's helper. You know, he would make the boxes and help Yale get materials, and Yale really was doing the. I mean, he would brainstorm with him, but Yale was really doing the creative stuff and Rolly was still basically apprenticing. Um, Imagineers have apprentices. Tony Baxter's was Claude Coates. Yeah, uh, Rolly's, one of Rolly's was Yale Gracie. And he um, just would kind of learn the, the trade from Yale. And so they came up with a bunch of stuff. Um, Yale Gracie started to look at Pepper's Ghost effects. He started to look at projection effects. You know, he was really trying to take the Haunted Mansion into a more spooky, more magical place than, than Ken Anderson was. And so um, that's 
that happened for a few years. Gail Gracie and Roy just trying stuff, building these big elaborate um, kind of walk-through partial haunted houses that people could come check out their stuff. There's a famous story, you've probably heard it, where Roy said they, they set up all their stuff and they kind of triggered it on purpose to kind of spook the, the janitors that would come in at night. And so <laughs> yeah. um, I guess janitors quit the next day or so. I don't know. You know, It's a, <laughs> it's a story that Rolly likes to tell um, about, you know, how they would mess around and kind of prank people with their haunted spooky things. Um, and so that happened. And, uh, you know, and we some of that also also contributed to what we have today is the Haunted Mansion. So obviously the Pepper's Ghost idea stuck because the biggest, most magical effect in the Haunted Mansion is the Pepper's Ghost effect. And, you know, Yale kind of conceptualized projecting on, you know, talking onto stones and statues to see how that would work and mm-hmm. if it would look right. And uh, a lot of that stuff and um, made its way into the Haunted Mansion. And um, that was... Uh, yeah, around the turn of the to the sixties, and then of course um, Walt was meanwhile making a deal to involve Imagineering with the World's Fair pretty heavily. Mm-hmm. Um, he saw some some opportunities there um, in a lot of ways, both for R and D. I think he also saw that he could get some corporations to pay for some attractions that he could bring back to Disneyland. So I think that was an idea that was strong, appealing, strongly appealing, and also Wet Enterprises. I think he wanted to build it into a not just Disneyland, but we can do stuff. We can build things for you. You know, look at what we've done for all these corporations for the World's Fair. So all that kind of went together, and uh, pretty much everything at the parks got slowed down a little bit while they worked on the World's Fair. And um, really, it doesn't come up till like you were saying before, 1964-ish, when um, everyone kind of was done with the World's Fair things that was installed, and they could start to focus on Disneyland again. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then uh, it, it officially opened uh, to the world in what sixty nine. Yeah, that, is that yeah, it doesn't um, seem the anniversary year. Uh, oh, that's right, it's right. We just had the fiftieth. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that that's a brief history of uh, <laughs> the haunted mansion. Um, Very I don't know how brief it was. <laughs> uh, it wasn't brief, but I'm sure if people want to learn more. They can read the oh, unauthorized yeah. history of Walt Disney's haunted mansion mm-hmm. by author Jeff Baum. Um, so, yeah. so now let's talk about something. Um, and I, I guess I'm kind of puzzled by all this cultural phenomenal or, or cultural phenomenon, probably like in the last 15 years with this Halloween thing. Like when mm-hmm. I was a kid growing up, same with you, Jeff, there, there, there was no Halloween party yeah. in Udi. There was no yeah. Halloween party at Disneyland. There was not. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, nothing going on. No. Mm-hmm. I mean, nothing going on. I know, um, people will say that the, you know, country bird jamborees were the first attraction to have an overlay, but I'm going to say the Matterhorn was because Matterhorn had that gigantic star at the very top. Yeah. And, and, but anyways, that's one of the top. That's one of the top. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, can you explain, Jeff, what in the world is going on with this Halloween season, and 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 why does the Haunted Mansion seem to be the whole centerpiece of this whole thing? Do, do, when hmm. when in society did did we did, did we start getting? When did in, we get a fascination with the spookiness more and stuff? And is that yeah? Kind of I mean, because like uh, yeah, I remember haunts. I mean, okay, so I mean, you guys won't remember this, but I mean. 
growing up in San Jose, we, we, I mean, the Winchester Mystery House used to have little like right. candlelight things back in the day, but that was really about it. And then all of a sudden you hear like yeah. not not scary farm, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden Disneyland starts starts going. Oh, now we need to do our little thing, and then we have the the overlay mm-hmm. of this. Oh, okay, first off, let's go to the overlay, <laughs> Jeff. Yeah. Well, what are your thoughts yeah. with nightmare? Uh, yeah. Nightmare Before Christmas overlay? Is yeah. That what you're thinking of? Yeah. Because, I mean, uh, I think maybe the purchasing of Nightmare Before Christmas, like, in the mid-90s, might have started. They wanted to incorporate Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is that what we're thinking? So, yeah. Is more holiday feel? And, and how, how and why did, did, did this happen? I, I'm not complaining. I'm just curious. Mm-hmm. Okay. So there's a lot to unpack here, right? <laughs> sure. And, and actually, the answer to your original question is, I don't know. Like, I don't know how, how, why culture, like, twists and turns to different things. Yeah. You know, why are why is, why is pop vinyl a thing? And why am I buying it? You know, and why are yeah. people buying pins? Pins. Oh. Why are people buying pins? Oh, so, like, oh why you know, um, 13 has a massive pin Massive pin collection. Pin collection. Yes. Okay, That's hey, so, I, you know what? I do too. I don't even yeah. collect them, and I have a bajillion pins. Yeah. So why you should you should trade some? Yeah. <laughs> the whole concept, right? So, so here's <laughs> so here's the question, right? Why do things happen? I don't know. However, there's a couple things we can look at here, right? So, I mean, Halloween as as an attraction, kind of, it's separate from the haunted mansion, right? So. Um, like you were saying, like I grew up in the in the '70s when haunted houses were kind of started to become more of a a thing, like a local thing, like corn mazes and the the um, JCs would have haunted houses around the country. You know, you'd have this like haunted house where they'd set up like the operating room and with the <laughs> sure. person ripping someone's guts out, you know, or the strobe light room, right? So those things happened <laughs> like in the 70s and 80s. Yeah. That's when I was in the haunted houses. In the 80s, you know, I was building strip mall haunted houses. So that, why, where did that come from? I mean, there's a history somewhere out there. Someone could tell you that story better than I could, but that was happening, right? And so um, Knott's Berry Farm started Scary Farm, I think, in the 70s. I'm trying to remember. It was pretty early. I mean, they've been doing that for a long time. I think in the 70s. Someone just had a brilliant idea, right? And so Disneyland, actually, I did this thing. <laughs> it's kind of a joke on nostalgia, but I was in part of a a, a, a council, the advisory council for Disneyland in the, I think it was, boy, I don't even remember, 2003 maybe? Okay. Something like that. And, uh, and we, one of the things we talked about was the potential following for Disneyland. Like they were trying Ooh. to figure out. I like at Disneyland specifically, I think they were just figure, trying to figure out how do we not give up to Knott's Berry Farm? Like, we can't just give up, mm-hmm. you know, because Knott's Scary Farm was definitely a thing by the, two, by the turn of the century. Okay. And I think they were like, this is not something we can just, you know, allow to, you know, just not be our thing. So they were talking about Halloween. I mean, they had some really cool ideas about, um, like, the smell of burning leaves. They would pipe in and paper tissue leaves that would be drifting down all all, all afternoon, you know, from the tops of Main Street. Wow. So they had some pretty cool lights, um, but it was still not really hollow Halloween. You know, they wanted it to be just, they still wanted to keep the Mickey Mouse country thing higher than the Halloween part. Mm-hmm. I think, I think when Nightmare Before Christmas, hmm, somewhere in there, meanwhile, meanwhile, <laughs> Nightmare Before Christmas was gaining gaining its cult following, right? Because it sure. did not do so well in the theaters. It was, I think, kind of did all right, but nothing special. Mm-hmm. Um, but then it, you know, 
became this thing. And I think especially in Japan, and then that came over to America, and it was starting to get this rep. And so Tony Baxter at first wanted to, like like you said, there was this, um, the, the haunted, and so Disneyland's always had theming. Like, like you said, the Matterhorn had a big star for the holidays. Country Bears had their special, you know, vacation hoedown, showdown, whatever. And <laughs> yeah. then, yep. and then I, I think when um, the Small World had its first holiday overlay, like people loved that to death. And mm-hmm. I think Tony Baxter looked at that and said, "We need to do that in the Haunted Mansion." So his idea was to put the Ghost of Christmas Past in there mm-hmm. and bring like um, kind of the, the Dickens era to the Haunted Mansion, which to piece, what do you think about it would be awesome, right? Very cool. It's the right, yeah, everything right, you know, about the the theme of the Haunted Mansion and the era. Um, so that was his idea. I think it was Tony Baxter. So, you know, someone in Imagineering and kind of brought that to the table, um, for various reasons that I don't even really know that never really, um, got off the drawing board, but the idea of the next attraction that we should overlay being a haunted mansion stuck. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's when they somehow came up with, well, let's put the haunted, you know, let's mix our, um, you know, properties here and put the uh, Nightmare Before Christmas into the Haunted Mansion, which didn't have, I mean, it started with a few little bumps, right? Um, Mm -hmm. Because Tim Burton was kind of reticent about letting the Haunted, letting the Nightmare Before Christmas leave his, his creative control, although he never really had creative control, but he was, um, I mean, he obviously created it, right? But he, Disney, Disney, you know, it's a Disney film, so mm-hmm. <laughs> they sure. kind of own, own, right? So, um, and I have talked to a couple people who I, I won't name, but they, you know, they <laughs> kind of were saying like, well, we had the right to do whatever we wanted, but we wanted to kind of ease, we did, what they did not want was Tim Burton going on the news saying like, this is a travesty, <laughs> you know, oh, yeah. um, yeah. that wouldn't, uh, but at the same time, there were some hiccups there, Um Notably, the most public thing was the music. Like they came up with what I consider a really cool soundtrack um, for the first year, uh, but but Danny Elfman did not fall in love with it, which mm-hmm. is makes sense because Danny Elfman like wrote a full score for yeah. the actual film. Mm-hmm. So um, they ditched that after the first year and put in some of music that was reworked for from Danny Elfman's themes um, because they. They just had to do that the first year because, like I was saying, it was a little bit like there was a little trepidation in there um, about putting this together without Jim Burton's, really without his involvement too much. Um, I know some of the artwork um, that they had created for the for the uh, special events and things, you know, around the, the, the launch of The Nightmare Before Christmas kind of got vetoed by Tim Burton. And they weren't really like it wasn't really his place to veto it. But like I said, they weren't going to have him saying like you can't you know i don't want this he had to at least be nominally on board so it's had a little bit of a rough start but okay. it all worked out he, he he came around he's happy about it um they put in music that he likes i think now he just and also i think his view of nightmare before christmas has radically changed i think he's let it go like it's just become you know another cultural thing right and so <laughs> yeah. it's no, no one really can control that, you know? So, you know, there's so many representations of Jack and Sally now from cutesy to spooky to dramatic, you know, that I think he's just kind of let that become its own thing. So that's kind of the, at least my perspective of the thumbnail of the background of Haunted Mansion Holiday. I don't know. 
I'm not going to try to tell you that's 100% accurate, but that's kind of how I've, what I've gleaned over the years. Okay. Um, and I think it's, I think it's cool. I mean, there's people like that will die on either side of this haunted mansion holiday debate, whether mm-hmm. it should be there or not. Um, I'm pro anything in Disneyland that's per- temporary, uh, because then it's like a new experience for someone. If you don't love it, you can just not go then, and you right. can, you know, and everything's back to back to normal. So, from that perspective, I I like it. I kind of, in general, I would love it more if it came online at the same time as um, the Small World overlay for the holidays, and if the Haunted Mansion was still haunted for Halloween, I'd probably like that more. But you know, it's popular. It's always popular. So, mm-hmm. again, who am I to, you know, have opinions? <laughs> it seems to be, you know, people seem to really love it. So, I, you know, I I don't, I'm, I can see why they would have it there as long as they can. And, yeah, I mean, there you go. Well, what do you guys think about the, the holiday overlay? Interesting thing to note is I believe Florida doesn't do it. I think it's oh. just land. Is that is that true? I'm pretty sure. Florida doesn't know. do the overlay. Wait. Uh, what, what was that? I don't believe. I, I believe uh, World doesn't do the overlay at the like, at oh, all. Oh yeah, no, yeah. they don't do it. Because I was no, there. I was there it. at Walt Disney World in October last year, and being a Disneyland person all the time, I was like, yeah, haunted mansion overlay. And then like I kind of get there and I went, there's no overlay. <laughs> oh, <laughs> like, what's that? Which is fine. Like yeah. again, like the same same agreeance as that. Like. I could take either one, but I was like, oh, we're different over here. Well, there's a lot of things different over here, but <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. No. And I remember when they were, you know, Imagineers were crawling around um, the Walt Disney World Haunted Mansion and the rumor was, oh, they're going to bring it over. And what they were doing was kind of putting together the ideas um, and kind of making plans to put it in Tokyo Disneyland's Haunted Mansion, which mm. more mm. closely resembles the Walt Disney World Haunted Mansion. So, um, yeah, I, I don't know that they will ever put it into Walt Disney World. I mean, you, you kind of the common story about that is that Walt Disney World is for people that only maybe will come once in a, yep. a right. lifetime or, you know, once in a while. So they don't want to change things too much. I don't know if that's totally the reason or not but mm-hmm. you know sense. i i think there yeah. is good uh good uh, reason to agree with that yeah because mm-hmm. we we go on and on about the differences between world and disneyland and yeah a lot more people will go and they're more of the local park disneyland is the locals park so we yeah are much more in tune with that park i think mm-hmm. i think so yeah oh, yeah yeah, yeah. Okay, so the Haunted Mansion, um, <laughs> all these questions I have. So w- it, out of any of the attractions, this thing seems to be spawning the most merchandise, too. Mm-hmm. So what is up with that? Why why aren't we getting <laughs> Jungle Cruise stuff? Because I think the aesthetic, personally. But you can make you're, a case. You're just mad because you want more Jungle Cruise stuff and more adventure stuff. stuff. I want, yeah. I want, okay, I mean, case in point, Matterhorn turns 60 this year. There's there, no, we, there's a souvenir pin. Oh, Ooh. and there the, is there is a Funko Pop that is super is super limited too. Yeah, I super limited. I can't get it. Jeff yeah, probably can. has it though. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I um, <laughs> but but there was no Matterhorn party that I could have paid for. Mm-hmm. I and I would have paid for such an event. Uh, and we're gonna get to that party in in a second. So what is all this merchandise coming out for? And, and what's going on here with this like haunted mansion? 
<laughs> What'd you say? I just said it's so pretty. Like <laughs> I love the aesthetic of Haunted Mansion. Well, like I'm looking at the pop, uh, this piece right here, and in this in this little piece right here, the wallpaper is one of my favorite things about Haunted Mansion, and it's just wallpaper. Like, and people will pay money to get that wallpaper put into their house. Mm -hmm. Jeff, do you have the wallpaper in, mm -hmm. in your in your house? <laughs> um. I don't know if I should tell this story. So, <laughs> okay. well, here's a brief a brief sidetrack. Okay, so okay. for the Haunted Mansion's 40th anniversary, I actually worked with um, Walt Disney Records a little bit to make the wallpaper for the box record set. I don't know if you saw the box set they had of the they put the vinyl they put the 12 inch on vinyl and reissued that, and then they put a CD of the Haunted Mansion, like a new soundtrack and sound effects CD. And they put it together into a box set that had some lithographs. Came out for the 40th anniversary, which I guess has been 10 years ago. Sure. And I worked, I worked with them a little bit because they needed, you know, why, why remake something that someone already probably has? And here's another side note to the side note. <laughs> Over the years, like this, you would think Disney has an archive and a library and everything, right? So sure. why why would they come to Doombug? I don't actually know why, but over the years, artists and video game designers, people working for Disney, routinely come to Doombug and say, "Hey, do you have this? Do you have that? Do you have a..." So it's just not as easy as you might think to like call up the archives and say, "Hey, I need to find this." You know what I mean? So a lot of times they would just call Doombug. Same thing happened in um, for the nineteen one was it? I guess you know, 2009 for the 40th anniversary. So I actually made a wallpaper file for them. They used it. And then I thought, well, I have this. It's pretty accurate. It's Disney's used it. Might as well load it up onto Spoonflower, right? So, <laughs> so I, I did that. And quite a few people, you know, have hot houses that are wallpapered with this wallpaper. Um, of course, Disney, before too long, decided that, and there were lots of people that have this wallpaper file on Spoonflower. It wasn't just me. I mean, I, I like to think mine was the most, like, you know, mine actually was used by Disney in something. Right. <laughs> like that. But, um, but you know, uh, Disney shut us all down and as nicely as they could. They just told Spoonflower, this is ours. You can't sell it anymore. So Spoonflower told all of us, sorry, you know, you can't do this anymore. And so having said all of that, I do not, but I do have a role that I'm hoping someday to um, put somewhere in my house. I'm not sure that I would do a whole room with that, but I could imagine one wall with like a little chair rail and then that wallpaper above it. I could imagine doing that. Mm -hmm. I haven't yet, but okay, uh, I would probably, I would probably do that. That's cool. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Hey. Yeah. No, and I have to agree with. So, but, but, yeah. but wait, go let's, ahead, go let's, ahead. let's go back to your question. Okay. Like, go. Why all the stuff? Right. right? Yeah. Why all the why all the stuff? Um, <laughs> well, so people are always asking me, like, why does everyone love the Haunted Mansion? Like, uh, I, that's, that's my chief goal in life to figure out, like, why does everyone love the Haunted Mansion? <laughs> I probably will have that quest. question. Yeah. yeah, I probably will publish, you know, a paper on this on my deathbed. Like, this is what I finally figured out. <laughs> I, I have no real idea. I have some theories. Um, I mean, the most kind of boring but obvious one is that there's something in this attraction to appeal to many different um, subcultures, like uh, magicians, actors, um, artists, goths, um, Disneyland fans, theme park fans, mm -hmm. you know, performing artists. There, there's a lot of different, you know, Halloween people, um, lots of different genres of fandom kind of merge in the Haunted Mansion. I mean, that's kind of an obvious, but... but 
also authentic reason that it's so popular. Um, you know, we were just talking on my podcast about this, uh, I think last week, about how, you know, has Disney gone overboard, though, with the merch? Like, they're starting to put out some stuff that I consider to be garbage. And when, when they do that, you feel like, are you going to dilute your brand, you know, or what's going to happen mm-hmm. here if you start selling selling junk, right? So, yeah, I I don't have a great... Other than what I just described to you, I don't have a great answer yet for why does everyone love the Haunted Mansion. I have had Imagineers come up to me and say, you know, um, while the internet was in development, and I don't, I hate to toot my own horn because I don't even know if this is at all, at all accurate, but they said, you know, by making doom buggies and having a place where people could congregate, it kind of planted a little seed for this particular thing that nothing else really had, and that can be remnant. It can be remnants of that, you know, that may not ever may not last forever, but that but that could be part of kind of the congregation of fans that make up on a mansion fans. Obviously it's bigger than that now. I mean Funko just put out national haunted mansion releases all over the place. Mm-hmm. Um that, I do not have a great answer as to why this and not not the Matterhorn. Other than I mean the the scale of the attraction itself is is much larger and bigger. I mean, it's it's a story. It's an experience. The Matterhorn is essentially a thrill ride. So <laughs> you can imagine, like, why you know Disneyland has a couple big story rides: Pirates, I imagine you could, you could say the Jungle Cruise, although that's a little bit less. You know, that's a little bit more. I mean, there are other there's things you can equate to the jungle cruise like a real jungle cruise you know but there's really not much you can equate to pirates or the haunted mansion it's kind of unique disneyland right so i don't know i'm just going to be spinning wheels making guesses here at this point (laughs) i don't really know specifics you know i don't have a great feel yet for what makes a haunted mansion fan but i will tell you it is like i said one of my life's goals to figure that out and um i mean it's the spoiler alert i know there's not a definitive answer there yeah. you know but i'm going to keep trying to trying to nail it down a little bit you know and uh, figure some of that out well i i have to agree with you at one level that it does appeal to a lot of different people for a lot of different reasons i, I mean growing up as a kid um i didn't really ever go in uh one religious background you don't go mess with ghosts and then two a little scary uh, but now, yeah, definitely become one of my favorite attractions, and I think it's that. I mean, you have so many different things going on in that attraction. You're getting hit from a lot of different ways, and I think that's one of the things that really makes it unique, I think, is that you're getting a lot of different gags and different things happening all in the same vicinity. And just, it, it, I don't know. I, that's the way I look at it. That's why I like it so much. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I kind of wish you there. I mean, I, I kind of wish... You know, Mark Davis didn't, and you know, I, a couple. Rolly Crump also had some ideas for a séance room. You know, I kind of wish they didn't have a séance room in there. But you know, also, you know, because I also had a religious upbringing, and you know, I was also kind of a timid kid. I think I might have mentioned that before. Like, I didn't really, I loved the story of it, but I didn't really want to go in there at first um, because I had the record. I knew what was in there, and I did <laughs> not want to see that in real life. Like, <laughs> I don't want to see that in real life. So. Um, it took me, I mean, I was probably nine, eight or nine before I went to the Haunted Mansion. Um, but then I fell in love with it, of course, like everyone does. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that, but like getting to the point, yeah, there's something for everyone, right? Um, magicians, like there's something amazing. And who doesn't like to be amazed? You know, people mm-hmm. still don't really get the ballroom. Like people just don't don't know how that can happen. You know, people <laughs> still kind of say holograms or, you know, and 
that still is amazing, even though it's turn of the century mm-hmm. magic, right? Mm-hmm. It, it amazes people. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think it's the, it also coincides with merchandise too, is that there's so much detail. There's multiple characters, there's multiple layers, there's multiple stories. There's so much going on that you can really just, your imagination can go wild in the fact that they give you so much like, there's a graveyard scene, there's so many different characters that you can take so much with it. And I think that's one of the reasons why there's so much appeal to it, where not to rag on like Big Thunder Mountain or anything, but like, okay, so you go on a train and you go through a mountain and here's the end. Like, there's a goat. Okay, like there's not much to it. Well, there's uh, Rainbow Ridge. Rainbow Ridge, there's <laughs> yeah, but yeah, you're right, right. Yeah. There, there aren't any, there aren't any characters, characters, sure. things you can connect to. Like, I think that's why there are just as many diehards for Haunted as there's just many diehards for Pirates, and I think it's the same thing. You know how we were all upset about the redhead because it's just you know it's a character, it's a staple piece mm-hmm. in the storyline, and I think Haunted Mansion has a storyline that people can also like invest into versus any of the other rides in the in the park. You know, you, you might be onto something there with the details. I mean, of course, you're onto something there with the details. <laughs> I, I think most people, probably more people would say Pirates is their favorite attraction, I think, if you just took a poll of the world. <laughs> but definitely the Haunted Mansion fans have created a bigger, like, stronger fandom. Mm-hmm. And I'm, it's interesting how you, I had never really thought about this, but you pointed out that there's detail in the Haunted Mansion. Like, it is... Pirates has detail too, extreme detail, but the pirates detail is kind of unified towards caves and treasure and pirates. But the Haunted Mansion has, like they hired this Cuban woodworker, just just this sculpture woodworker guy to create all the doors. So like all the woodwork and doors has its own kind of little faces and things. Mm -hmm. Then there's the wallpaper who, uh, I'm still of the belief that Rolly Crump primarily designed the wallpaper. And that has a very specific like, character in it and then there's mark davis who made all these different kinds of you know gags and funny things but mm-hmm. but the, there's so many different kinds of details in there mm-hmm. i don't know i mean that's something right mm-hmm. i haven't really looked at that in that way before but mm-hmm. for sure that adds to the whole you know idea of why is there so much merch and so many possibilities for merch like right now one of the things they sell at disneyland is a replica of a door knocker mm-hmm. like you know mm-hmm. that one of one of them, one of those Imagineers, I'm not sure who decided, like, let's put a mace on a on a hinge and have it knock on the doors. Yeah. And now it's like a, a toy. To yeah. buy, right? so, so many possibilities for merch. Yeah, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, and the one thing that I, I have learned as I go on there now multiple, multiple times is I always feel like I see something new. Mm-hmm. Like, did I see that before? Or I'm looking now. I'm much more observant of everything around, like, making sure I'm taking everything in. Yeah. Because there's a lot yeah, going on. Yeah. Every every room you go into, there's a lot going on. And listening to the sound, you know, everything's going on, you know. And then now you're getting used to the, um, you know, the audio. And, like, now I'm, like, here, you know, just talking along with her and everything. And, like, man, it's just great. Like, layer after layer. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, definitely layer after layer. Yeah, absolutely. So w- w- when you were doing the research for your book initially, w- was there anything that came out uh, that you learned that was like, oh, my gosh, I didn't even know this? Or did you? Um... Wow. You know, I think the thing, the thing that I most learned by writing the book was not so much facts and details, but more just a big picture of 
how it flowed with the with what WED was doing at the time and how the Haunted Mansion fit in there and how the different personalities kind of work together while while the, the whole thing kind of in fits and starts kind of became into to being, right? So I think it was really eye-opening to me to kind of finally put together like, what is what is the real story here? You know, mm-hmm. how did like we know Yale Gracie did this, he he did this, and we know Rolly Crump sat there and made the Museum of the Weird, and we know that mm-hmm. um, you know um, Eleanor Audley recorded the voice for Madame Leo. Like we know all these little facts, but I had the chance to really put together the story, and you know it really came together because um, I was able to sit down with Rolly Crump for a good part of a day. Like we wow. just sat down, and I just said, so. I'm putting this book together, you know, just tell me the story of the Haunted Mansion. And of course it was from his perspective, which is um, actually quite slanted, <laughs> believe it or not, because <laughs> Rolling Crump, I mean, he has a really interesting place in the history of wet enterprises that, um, I mean, that story is getting told now, but he, he was young guy. He was basically a kid. He and Bob Gurr were young guys mm-hmm. and the rest of Wed were kind of came from them. Animation. I mean, they were Walt's contemporaries, right? And so they didn't really love Rolly Crump because mm-hmm. Walt did love him. And so the more Walt loved the young guy, the more the older guys mm-hmm. who had actually done stuff were like, well, that's all stupid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, so, like, that's why that's why the Museum of the Weird, you know, like, he came up with these things and all the rest of the haunted mansion, the wet guys that were thinking of, like, a haunted house, which has bats and spiders and pumpkins oh my you know they were trying to figure out well how are we going to put like a wax man into this like that's never going to happen so his you know so his view of the history of the haunted mansion definitely comes from his perspective of kind of being an outsider um to some degree i mean but he had waltz here right so he was never really an outsider um but he definitely kept being put in his place and so i was able to take a lot of those stories and kind of um, merge them with the things that I already knew and figure out a little bit more of what was it like, you know, at WED when these things were being actually, you know, developed at WED Imagineering and how, how did it all come together? And I think that was the biggest discovery I had while I was um, writing the book. Okay. Good answer. Solid answer right there. Okay, Shannon, what is your favorite part of the Haunted Mansion? Oh, boy. Your absolute um, favorite. Like the actual ride itself? Well, any aspect of the Haunted Mansion. Mm. Oh, and it could be the merchandise, because I know you love buying all that stuff. Yeah, hence my phone cover. Your phone cover is... Who it's is... Sally. Sally, the mm-hmm. tightrope girl? Tightrope mm-hmm. girl, yeah. Okay. Well, I think, I, again, then that would probably be one of the pinpointed, like, over, you know, that piece itself. I do like the the mystery behind hat, the Hatbox Ghost. Oh, and um, I didn't know there was any mystery around that. Wink, wink. Nudge, yeah, nudge. yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. And uh, I don't know, like even down to the basic of I love the wallpaper. Like it's just, and then wrap it up in a bow, and it's like it's awesome. But it's yeah, awesome. my my favorite is probably Tightrope Girl. Is my favorite thing, probably. Okay. Out of the whole thing. She's just so pretty, and I it could tie into the fact that like I this the one thing I would pay for to do that party. Is because she comes out during that 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 celebration. Well, Jeff went to that party. Yeah. Do you have any questions about that party that <laughs> Jeff can answer? Um, I mean, I'm sure it was really cool, and I've seen some pictures and stuff. But yeah, that's the one thing I would have <laughs> like really wanted to see is uh, take pictures with her. But you know. Uh, 
Yeah, how, how much was it? Like uh, 300 bucks for that? Yeah, it's, I don't know. It was too much. Uh, <laughs> but like, what I, how, how was I not going to go to that, right? Of right. course. Right. Um, right. I, actually, I don't want to say it was too much. It was, I mean, I don't know. They decided to have a big party. You could see where the money was spent. Like, they had big entertainment, huge things on the island, and, you know, mm-hmm. lots of entertainment all over the place. So you could see where the money was spent. It, it looked awesome. It was, like... Mm-hmm. You know, they wanted this big party, and that's what they did. Um, I, you know, I like that you that your favorite things about the Haunted Mansion are specific, like you say, details, right? That's, mm-hmm. that's interesting to me. You know, you mm-hmm. choose, like, oh, the mystery of the Hatbox Ghost, or Sally Slater, or the the, the faces on the wallpaper. Like, mm-hmm. that's kind of a, a classic fandom-type mm-hmm. response, mm-hmm. you know, to something. Like, well, I, I want the nerdy, really intimate details of something. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, that's that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, um, that's, a, that's a good answer. Yeah. <laughs> no, I try. Udi, what is your favorite thing about the Hunter Mansion? Um, it's going to be two of them, actually. Okay. Uh, one is going to be um, coming into the ballroom scene. I don't know why I always love the two, the dueling oh, yeah. paintings. I don't oh. know why. As a kid, I'm like, that is the coolest thing to watch. And then, well. Also, you can notice that, sp- that a spider web on the uh, plexiglass mm-hmm. in front of you, right? Right. Okay. And then, <laughs> then right, coming right out, the descent into the graveyard. I don't know why I've always liked that. You get turned around and you just kind of drop, drop down, and it feels like you're kind of just descending into the graveyard. So those are two things I've always really, really liked, and I always look forward to. Yeah. Okay. Uh, now, since I'm asking myself, um, my, my, <laughs> my favorite thing is actually... What it is is, and it happens to be at night, is when you're on, and when Fantasmic is dark, you happen to be on the Mark Twain. You can see the Haunted Mansion kind of beckoning you, this glow mm. up on the hill. And I think that is just super fantastic. I mean, you just can't, mm-hmm. I, I'm like, okay, I want to get off this boat in like in the next 15 minutes after I go around the Rivers of America. But when I, the first thing I do when I get off the boat is I'm walking over, over to that mansion to see, just because it looks mm-hmm. incredible to me. And that is my favorite thing, is that it just draws me in. I agree at night. It is it's, amazing, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Okay. <sighs> Jeff, what is your favorite wow. thing? Wow. Why? Is that, is, that, is that a good answer? Bad answer? <laughs> <laughs> no. Those are all good answers. And they're all very different. You know, that's, yeah. that's really cool. And if you don't make my job of trying to discover why do people love the Haunted Mansion any easier. Yeah. Um, but that's demonstrative of the problem, right? Everyone has, like, mm-hmm. there's so many things you can that can draw you in. I, I mean... So, I mean, I guess off the top, I don't, I don't always really have a strong favorite part of the Haunted Mansion. I would probably say um, the collecting. I mean, I, I'm a Disney I'm a collector, mm-hmm. so I, I probably am most interested in collecting Haunted Mansion stuff. I love that there's a whole genre of this one Disneyland ride that you could just collect for, you know, for pretty much forever, it seems. Mm-hmm. Um, and with some good things, you know, come up with a great collection. There was a time, not so long ago, maybe 10 years ago, where Haunted Mansion, there were completionists in the Haunted Mansion collecting world, you know, where you could try to have everything. Um, Mm -hmm. I think most people have given up that pursuit. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't think you really rationally can do that anymore. Um, But there was a time, right? And so it was kind of this neat, neat idea where there were, you know, there was this set amount of things you could try to acquire. And um, I really... I, I don't know. And it came out, you know, at the, right at the end of the mid-century, so it still has a lot of that quirkiness, um, you know, the, even the, the jazzy sound in the graveyard kind of has that period 
you know, surf, surf, jazz combo kind of sound. So yeah, yeah. I, I, I think like the whole idea of where the Haunted Mansion sits in history and collecting stuff from that era, I think that's probably one of my favorite things about the whole the idea of the Haunted Mansion. Oh, that's a, a very solid answer. <laughs> All right. <laughs> cool. All right. So that's uh, Haunted Mansion talk, deep Haunted Mansion talk mm-hmm. with the LTP. Now, um, I'm going to shift gears for a second because... Jeff is, as far as what I know, you are a Star Wars guy. Is that is that true? I am a Star Wars guy, they, for sure. For okay, so am I. But Udi is a Star Wars guy's guy. Mm-hmm. So, um, <laughs> what what? Okay, so we we've done Galaxy's Edge, and of course you have, of course. So what what um, what are you thinking about Galaxy's Edge right now? I kind of wish they had. Hmm, wow. I I wish they. Okay, I love it. First of all, I love it. Mm-hmm. I love Galaxy's Edge. I think they did a phenomenal job of creating the space. I can understand a lot of people saying like, "Well, but what's their? What do I do here?" Like, mm-hmm. because everyone's not me or you or you know the the big Star Wars person. Um. And I kind of, you know, in a lot of the concept art and things, you'd see robots and aliens, and you could, mm-hmm. you would imagine, oh, there's going to be like cantina bands on the corner and like aliens walking and bands walking down the road, and um, you know, some kind of show because there's multiple stages built in there, so there should be shows on those stages. And there is one little show where Kylo Ren comes out and announces, you know, we're we're searching for spies. So there's there's that little thing, but. I kind of feel like it still is a little empty. Um, I think it's the perfect stage for Disneyland, I think. And I don't think it's a failure at all. I mean, I think mostly people just panicked and just decided, like, we're not going to go to Disneyland this year. And then they just decided that, and that's what happened, right? Mm-hmm. So, okay. um, I, I think, I mean, you know, I don't have, I'm not really an expert in Disneyland crowd management type things, but I, <laughs> I, I like it. I wish it had a little bit more going on, uh, but I anticipate it will uh, in the not too distant future. So um, January, yeah, I'm I'm pro Galaxy's Edge, pro Galaxy's Edge. <laughs> okay, did you want to comment on that, Rudy? Oh no, I I agree, and I and you and I went to um, um, kind of a long discussion about that and on how well, we kind of did a rundown of what we enjoyed and what we um, think was lacking. And I, I agree. I think once we get Rise going in January, I, I think we're going to see a, a big shift in that land, personally. I, I enjoyed it. Um, I spent a couple of days in there. Mark only went in there one day, but I'm more of a Star Wars guy than he is. So, Well, I was with my daughters, too, and they just, I mean, they love, they love Star Wars, but they, you know, as we mentioned before, one of our biggest concerns, like, years ago when this was announced, was how is Star Wars land actually we were calling it then because there was no galaxy's edge mm-hmm. name how how is star wars land going to impact my experience at mm-hmm. disneyland I, I, is it going to disrupt the flow is it going to take everything out of you know is it going to destroy everything we've known because i mean you, you know let's face it we're losing the big thunder ranch barbecue and that was a big blow yeah. for me but <laughs> yeah. that being said the answer to that question is no i mean yeah my daughters and I did it and we loved it and but you know the very next day they're like let's just stay in Disneyland and do our stuff and we were totally fine and Udi mm-hmm. went off with it, with his friend and mm-hmm. did more Star Wars stuff mm-hmm. um, that's not to say I'm not going to go back because I, I will definitely go back mm-hmm. 
in yeah. December when we go. In December, yeah, <laughs> right. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I I'm in the same camp with you, Jeff, and in Udi is too. That uh, I think there's a lot of potential for what 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 can be. And do they did they prematurely open it? Maybe, but. Maybe. It's, yeah, it's still, it's still. They pretty, did. <laughs> oh no, yeah, in yeah. In my opinion, yeah, they did. Yeah, but, they yeah. did. But can you imagine just still waiting and waiting and waiting until January if they hadn't done that? Yeah. <laughs> I will give you my final opinion in January about okay. that. Okay, but uh, see, I'm still, I'm still thinking that rise. How awesome this is going to be may not be enough for Star Wars Galaxy. We'll find 6. out. Okay. All right. So, <laughs> uh, did you get, did you get Disney Plus, Jeff? Uh, yes, I did. Okay. Yeah. Are you looking forward to the Mandalorian? Uh, yes, I am. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> Very much so. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I was at D23, you know, for the big announcement. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't see, you know, no downside to Disney Plus. I can see the Mandalorian just being like, I mean, it's, there's so many, again, so many angles to this thing, right? You can mm-hmm. be, you can just, I mean, I would probably pay the amount they charged us just to subscribe to get the Mandalorian. Like mm-hmm. if it was on Amazon, which it may very well be, you know, as a single series download, I, you, I would probably pay the same amount. Of money. So mm. it's, uh, you know, I, but then, but then my daughters, you know, now we don't have to keep buying DVDs, which I guess DVDs are going to be dead and three or four years anyway but oh. you know, we don't have to keep buying you know movies it's just for so many reasons i don't know why you know even modest disney fans wouldn't go for disney plus but just uh right now it's like a financial like a it's saving me tons of money to be disney plus so okay awesome yeah i i'm looking forward to that too um i don't have disney plus udi just got it mm-hmm. um and waiting uh, May- waiting. Oh, waiting. November. Yeah, I'm waiting. November twelfth. Yeah, is that what it waiting. Is? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, no. Oh, okay. So, um, and, and and while we have you, what are your thoughts about Tomorrowland with all the construction going on? What do you think is going on over there? Oh boy, I just I don't know. I just hear the rumors the same as probably you guys do. I mean, I presume they're widening the opening a little bit and maybe getting either minimizing or taking out the big golden stones. I, I'm not a hundred percent sure oh, actually. Um, yeah. Okay. I, uh, our land. Yeah. That's everyone's question mark, right? Like why, why have we waited for this mm-hmm. for so long? Like mm-hmm. I, I, I think, you know, I, I think they really are have grappling with, you know, a really tough question that even Walt didn't really have a great answer for. Like, sure. how do you, up tomorrow as a concept like there's it's a really difficult concept to wrap your head around right so i anticipate them landing like they have before on some type of retro futuristic alien concept that's not really (laughs) anything to do with technology or tomorrow you know what i mean i i would guess because really like as a concept it's just i can't wrap my head around it i don't know how Imagine well, Imagineers are paid to be blue sky designers, so perhaps they'll come up with some way to represent truly what Walt Disney had in mind. Like, well, I mean, I think you really thought it would be a little more educational and a little yeah, less thrilling. You know, when when it opened, yeah, Disneyland, it was like the bathrooms of tomorrow and the house, <laughs> mm-hmm. like everything the house. in there was just like let's let me show you how an atom can be burst apart into pieces with ping pong balls. It was more. <laughs> 
of a science like science fair kind of a thing rather than you know an actual attraction thrills and then he had a couple cool things like he could walk through the nautilus and see that in there and you could buy some artwork but whether or not i don't know that they think they could really sell that to a you know and that's really the only way a constantly changing exhibit of technology is really the only way to truly have tomorrow land Mm -hmm. right so Mm -hmm. it's just really interesting i think they i really think they don't know what to do with that um it's interesting yeah yes Interesting. Exciting times we're living in. What, Udi? Well, I, I wanted, before we went too far, I want to kind of go back to uh, a little bit of a question from one of our listeners, Fernando, again, because he only got half of his question in. Oh, what, what, what else did he ask? So the other half, I'll read it real quick, is um, people have had their ashes scattered on the rides uh, on ride before. Um, <laughs> that okay. is no secret. Um, but if you get... But if you got the okay to have your ashes scattered on mansion, where on the attraction would it be? <laughs> so funny. he wants he wants all of us to answer that question, and he throws in, he throws in the disclaimer: uh, the LTV probably does not sanction the scattering of ashes on or near any Disneyland attractions, cast members, guests, or churro stands. That is accurate, Fernando. Asterisk. We do not. Yes. Yeah, we do not sanction that. But anyway, he want he he want to ask that question, so. Have at it. Who who wants to go? Well, well. First off, we talked about this a while ago, but but we made a, a list of attractions of which which ones would not be appropriate, mm-hmm. and we came up with Space Mountain would not be good because no. the people behind you wouldn't would, would be, get yeah. a mouthful of ashes, yeah, right? Not good. Okay. <laughs> so unless just, you're wait, well, what if you sat in the back? Do you still get ashes in your face from the, for the next car? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So so the question is, where would you want your ashes? In in mansion. Oh, jeez. Uh, such a question. <laughs> riveting. Uh, the LTP has the riveting questions here that people want to know. Um, I, I, who wants to tackle this one? Uh, well, okay. Uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I mean, you, so, so, you know, Disneyland, if you're listening, you can have this for free. So, you know, there are companies that will take your cremated body and compress the carbon until it forms like a synthetic diamond. So here's my thought. Why doesn't Disneyland create some kind of service where you can have your body sent to them, they will compress the carbon into a gemstone, and then you can have yourself, and I think this is, uh, you know, health-wise would pass the smell test. You can have your diamond installed onto like the coffin or somewhere in there where wow. everyone will see the sparkling diamonds and know like someone else has become a ghost in the haunted mansion. The 99, the 100. Wow. Yeah. 99. Yeah. Wow. That, well, that's okay. A good so that's, it's, uh, you know, kind of ridiculous, but I mean, that's the only way. Like, <laughs> it's a pure actually money have maker. Your ashes. <laughs> yeah. So, money. Yeah. Like, there you go. Like Disney, you can take that. But, so honestly, you know, people have done this many times, many, many mm-hmm. times, and it's, um, it, you know, it's not, it's not so much of a health risk as it is just a gro- gruesome, mm-hmm. sad thing, right? So they have to just vacuum you up and mm-hmm. discard yeah. your ashes, you know. So it's kind of, um, you know, unfortunately, it's kind of gone out of vogue. I think it did happen uh, when that rumor kind, of, not rumor, but the story kind of hit the internet. I think it happened more often than maybe we kind of are aware. Yeah. Um, I, I think it's kind of tapered. Um, I would hope. These days. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. 
So, but, uh, but I'll say, let me ask, let me be the first to answer that question. All right, go for yes, it. I would like my ashes compressed, compressed into a diamond, <laughs> and I would like it put into the eyeball of the raven. I want one of the eyes to be my diamond. Okay. Very good. Uh, that's a that's a very solid answer, uh, Jeff. Uh, I would say, how about can I have it sprinkled into the garden, outside, mm-hmm. like the um, yeah, the garden, a little fertilizer at a specific tombstone, maybe. Oh, oh, maybe at the isn't like a there is a pet cemetery, right? Yeah, right there? mm-hmm. okay. there's a skunk. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, how about over there somewhere? The cat, the yeah. cat by the cat. That, the cat. There you go. That's cool. <laughs> that works. That works. Um, I had it. Uh, oh, I like the. I, I'm gonna get this wrong. Like the bride's the bride's section, the, her room. Mm-hmm. Um, probably somewhere in there. I know there's probably a name for it, but um, is that the attic? Or attic. Yeah, yeah. I, like where the guys like playing piano and stuff. Like that's yeah. probably like okay. Because the whole concept is that she killed all like you know all yeah, her husband. Yeah. All, I'm like. I feel you. <laughs> you know, I can relate. Oh. So I'm like, I feel the most connected to that section with that. Like, you, all right. You're frightening me right now. <laughs> like, I can do that section yeah. because then I like how she, you know, the little pop was like, hurry back, mm. hurry back kind of thing. Like, yep. that connection. I like it right there. Okay. I'd be, I'd be cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I would be probably by the caretaker. I think that kind of, you with know, because, dog. yeah, with the dog, because it kind of fits me. Because mm-hmm. with my whole evolution into mansion mm-hmm. and and how I was like growing up was scared of it, but mm-hmm. there I am now. I'll keep on going right on in now, so I think I'd be right in there. Yeah, okay, it'd be kind of cool. Yeah, very good answers. Yeah. That's just a silly question to ask, but that's <laughs> that's pretty funny. It's, it's interesting. It's interesting. Okay. So mm-hmm. um, while we have you here, Jeff, we always have uh, standard questions we ask all of our guests. And I'm guessing I already know the answer to some of these, but I will ask them anyways of you. Tradition. It's our tradition. Hit me. Hit me. Um, actually, one of the questions we had for tonight's show, we have always have an opening question, was since we drive down to Daisyland, what is, do you have any traditions that you stop at mm. on the way down? On the, well, actually, Jeff, wow. you, you actually probably fly, right? Um, combination. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do. Well, I mean, I used to stop at Harris Ranch. Um, oh. my family did a couple times. We would stop at Harris Ranch once in a while. Okay. Uh, I guess you know. No, these days it's like right when you get to Grapevine. You know how you get to those outlets and there's mm-hmm. a Starbucks drive-through. Mm-hmm. Yep. Like mm-hmm. the Starbucks drive-through has become like, <laughs> let's get some gas. Let's you know get to Starbucks and then let's make this last last off the trip mm-hmm. um and that's you know mm-hmm. so nowadays it's about like let's just get there um because oh. of the la traffic you know but um yeah but i you know my, my childhood i remember harris ranch once in a while Absolutely. having a good dinner and yeah so that was something okay yeah that's a, a good answer and now actually now this just reminded me um because <laughs> when you said disneyana so my my oldest daughter goes to uh csu monterey bay and um on just past 101, there's that, or near 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 Monterey Bay, and I think you know where I'm going with this. There's that there's that Disney the barn. Yes, what is that place? <laughs> it's nothing. It's an empty shell. Although I I did go to that antique. It's just an antique um, mall. It's an antique mall, and I did go there when they did have a dealer that sold some Disneyana, um, and it was kind of neat. I mean, I don't think there was ever. I think maybe when they first started that place. You know, however many years ago, I think they had maybe a couple dealers that sold some Disney stuff. So they figured, let's just 
paint that as one of the features on the, on the roof. Yeah. I am not aware that there is currently any Disney on it. I mean, at least a couple, a few years ago, I stopped by there once just to kind of see, and there was nothing going on. <laughs> okay. So I, I don't, I don't know if there still is Disney on it dealers. I suspect like any antique mall, people come and go that sell in there and, you know, sometimes now I think more popular is a flea market space. So okay. I don't, I don't have a good answer for you but i have been in there and have bought like a disney collectible before so they're i guess it's you know have has been a legitimate advertisement at some time okay in awesome for that. awesome answer i didn't yeah whenever i drive by it's always shuttered i always want to stop in there but there's this there's like literally nothing going on there so yeah yeah <sighs> okay so we know we stopped at harris ranch um okay so first question is and again I, we assume we were going to know the answer to, for, for you for some of these uh, what is your essential attraction list when visiting Disneyland like if, wow. if yes if this attraction or this or these attractions are not running I will not be going sort of thing okay is it a resort or just Disneyland Park um we can we can go across the Esplanade if you want sure okay okay well I guess the Twilight Zone Tower Terror is gone, so yeah. maybe maybe I don't need to go across the spot. <laughs> um, <laughs> I well, yeah, it is. Um, <laughs> I I mean pirates, right? And I always do go on pirates every trip. So uh, pirates, and um, I don't actually go on the trip every time for the haunted mansion. Obviously, I adore the haunted mansion, so don't read too much into that. But I am well acquainted with the haunted mansion i'm familiar with the haunted mansion so i you know sometimes i let that one go okay. um uh, i try to go on snow white's uh scary adventures because that was the original haunted house at disneyland and i just kind of like to do that kind of spooky dark ride stuff it kind of it's you know disneyland history and roots there so i usually try to go on snow white and usually there's not a line for that no one really cares about no, yeah you can usually walk right on yeah yeah um let's see small world i rarely miss small world um, i really miss the it. more you learn about okay. yeah, i mean the more you learn about the history of <laughs> disney imagineering and you know and the, the characters there you know you can just kind of imagine mary blair and Rolly crump and alice davis all working on this stuff and trying to get it done really fast for the New York World's Fair, and I don't know. I just it puts me into a mental state. Um, so Small World. Let's oh. see. What have I listed off? Small World, Pirates. Uh, it would have been the Twilight Zone, Tower of Terror at some point. Um, sleeping or, or Snow White. I think. I mean, I, I love Space Mountain. I think it's the perfect roller coaster for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so Space Mountain is a is a definite plus. Um, those are probably my like. Let's not leave without doing these things oh. and then i'll follow my nose for the rest of the day but um mm-hmm. that's i would i would i would think that's a pretty good list for me okay so you're not a big fan of guardians of the galaxy mission breakout <laughs> i mean it's fun but it's, things with video screens are not i mean i don't let's not 
this is <laughs> okay. Got we it. get it. Yeah. We yeah. Okay. 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 <laughs> okay. Okay. Good answers. Um, now, this next question is: What is your favorite snack and/or restaurant? And this actually ties in with Tim's question. My cousin, he goes, "Oh, ask him what his favorite place is to eat on property. Um, that could be at the park, at the hotel, uh, in downtown Disney." Because I guess he mentioned something about uh, you posted something on Facebook. Uh, about yeah. these, all these things that we so he was curious as to what you where your favorite place was to go and snack okay yeah well that's that's pretty easy i mean i will rarely skip the bengal barbecue now i've been talking about this on nostalgia for literally 10 11 years now and okay. over the past three three years the bengal barbecue has had some sort of a i don't know awakening a so renaissance you could call it a renaissance. So it's become <laughs> like once, like there's always about like yesterday or what is today? Two days ago when I was there, I went to the bagel barbecue. Didn't mobile order because the lamb kafta you have to buy in person for some reason. So I wanted to try the holiday season lamb. So I waited my 35 minutes and um, it was great. It was super. Like face still is in the bagel barbecue, but I have heard people say that lately they've had some tough meat now and then i mean it is so busy so extraordinarily busy i can imagine once in a while like a piece of overcooked meat might escape but i i'm gonna say without any hesitation my favorite at least counter food there is bengal barbecue okay um i've eaten at every restaurant at disneyland you know i've eaten at club 33 before and oh. napa rose Nap i would say napa rose is really i mean both for the experience of, and I mean, it does have a really California feel to it that I, I really enjoy. I mean, it's not even my favorite kind of cuisine, but I just feel like it's really well put together and the atmosphere with being in the middle of the Grand California. And I think that just really works for me. So I do like the Napa Rose probably I probably would consider that the best prepared food at Disneyland. Okay. Uh, it's been, I, I, I go last year to the Napa Rose, so, you know, things always are changing at Disneyland, but I, I believe that it's probably one of my favorite menus, I would say. Um, boy, I, there's something to like almost everywhere at Disneyland. Mm -hmm. I mean, mm -hmm. um, the Rancho Del Zocalo, I, I eat there every trip at least once. Thank um, you. Yeah. Well, yes, we do too. That, In fact, that's all Woody will eat. Pretty much. Uh, every day he'll yeah, go I'm there. Yeah, I'm pretty bad. What yeah. uh, do, do you get there, Jeff? Um, usually I go to the grill, but I mean, I've had into. I mean, I've pretty much tried everything there. Um, it's it's pretty mainstream Mexican mm -hmm. food, California style, which I find to be. I mean, I love that. I, I yeah. even here at home, I'll eat out a lot at Mexican restaurants. I just kind of my thing so i it's just it's well done right everything at disneyland almost without without exception is pretty well done you know they have a pretty tough audience to impress so they have no choice but to really make their food pretty exceptional and it's not you know no exception it's really good um i usually go to the grill i mean i they used to have there was a time when you could get and that's been about 11 or 12 years but you could get a half chicken barbecued with shrimp and this corn dish that mm. was my favorite thing ever. And I would oh, buy geez. that like hmm. every time I went for like three years. And then, of course, like everything at Disneyland, they changed the menu all up and it was gone forever. But mm. I loved that. I mean, that's kind of what 
sucked me into Rancho. Um, and so now I'll, I'll always eat there, you know, usually get some beef of some sort, but, um, yeah, that's okay. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's probably my favorite, like kind of countery cafeteria ish restaurant. Mm-hmm. Sit down is probably Napa Rose and then counter is probably, um, Bengal barbecue. I don't know if you noticed like a beef theme there, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> if there's, yeah. if there's no beef somewhere, it's probably going to be a hard sell for me. Yeah. Oh yeah. And how about snack? Or you could... uh, well, that's kind of weird because Bengal barbecue also is kind of a snack. That's but true. let's say it's not. Let's let's say it's not. Um, who, boy. I, I mean, I should preface this with I'm not really a snacker. <laughs> I really love the new. What do they call that cream cheese thing at the um, hideaway? What is that? Lump, lump, lumpia or oh lumpia? yeah, yeah. That new the lumpia cheese cinnamon thing. That's really good. I mean, I could eat ten of those in a row. So I guess <laughs> yeah. I do have, I guess I do have a favorite snack now. It's probably that. Um, that's really good. I, other other than that, though, I'm not really a big sweets guy. I will often try some kind of dessert over New Orleans Square when I'm kind of hungry. I do like the um, the um, when it's when it's a really hot day. I I like the fake mint juleps. I mean, they're just basically this weird limey. Kool-Aid drink, right? But, yeah. But I like those. Good, uh, right? There's nothing, I, nothing in common with an actual mint julep, but I I like those. I like those, They're too. Um, in fact, uh, Haunted Mansion related, Udi got the, uh, was it the Midnight Julep there last time? Is that what the one? Mm, the Midnight, yep. It has like the eyeball in it? Uh-huh. Yeah, it was good. Did you get that? What? <laughs> what? How did I not know about that? I didn't even know about that. What? That what? amazing. It was good. It was really, really good. Yeah. Wasn't it purple? Too? It was kind of a purplish gray or something. Re- no, purplish red. Yeah. Oh, it had like a, like a, a floating eyeball in there. Yep. Yep. It you was one those ice cubes? I, I yeah. almost want to drive to Disneyland again just to have that. <laughs> uh, you know, I I wonder if it. Um, you got a picture of it somewhere. I do. I'm gonna look for it now. Um, okay. I wonder if it's still there. Because wasn't it, it was anniversary related? Yeah. Wasn't it? Yeah. We're it all, was. We're, yeah. yeah. We were there just right when that happened. Um, okay. Now I gotta look. Yes. Okay, while well, he looks for midnight julep pictures, uh, the very next question is: um, Is Disneyland better at day or at night, and why? At night, at night, just because it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. It's because um, they put equally equal thought into what does this place look like at night as they do as to you know how do we landscape this for the day, and um, and also their spectaculars are designed for night, right? So you can only experience that stuff at night. So that's a whole different vibe when you're going. I mean, especially if you're going in the afternoon to stay till the night, sometimes if I've been there since rope drop by the night, I'm a little bit like, you know, a little too beat to really appreciate the environment. But if I'm just heading over there at four o'clock and I'm going to be there to close out the park, like that is my favorite thing. Oh yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Let's just go close the park out. And, you know, see some one of their nighttime spectaculars, whether it's Paint the Night or Fantasmic or over at GTA, World of Color. Like, they're all amazing, right? And then, um, yeah, I mean, night, 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 night. So what do you, what do you like to be at that magic hour when, it, when the lights come on? Uh, usually waiting for Fantasmic. I mean, uh, these days you kind of have fast pass. It's a little different situation. I mean, there was a, a time, probably a whole decade, when I would at six o'clock get my Bengal barbecue, <laughs> walk over to the Rivers of America, sit down in front of the. I mean, and this was before it was annoying people. I mean, 
there weren't all the strollers yeah. and everyone, you know, before the time when it, like the whole place shut down because of people, mm-hmm. you know, I would just mm-hmm. sit there right in front of the, 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 you know, the grate and just put my, you know, hold onto the fence and eat my Bengal barbecue, play Uno with my friends and wait for three hours for Fantasmic to come. Because like, if you've never watched Fantasmic with your, you know, face in the bars, so there's nothing in front of you but mist, that's like a life changing experience. Mm-hmm. Um, I highly recommend that to everyone listening like get there early like eat eat at the right restaurant and then get there you know right at the like if they tell you to be there an hour early be there an hour and 15 minutes early so that you can find a place like right in front of the um the fence because it is just amazing uh, so that's usually where i would be at the twilight tower you know um but you know other than that it's fun to ride the big high wind in your face attractions in the in the twilight like the matterhorn and big thunder like who doesn't like yeah, I mean, you've all probably had that experience, like seeing the fireworks go off while you're mm-hmm. going over the hills with Big Thunder. Yeah. Like, that's pretty amazing. Splash right. Mountain. I thought that so, was uh, And Galaxy's Edge now. Yeah. I guess. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, uh, yeah. So, uh, but 13, you are our resident phantasmic expert or lover, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, have you have we done that? Have you sat by the by the uh, fence? One of the last time or the time before we Jess and I went, we um, we got the the seating pack, the dining package for Fantasmic, where we got our very expensive butt cushions. And, um, and the blue bayou. Yeah. The blue bayou. And they were pretty much like dead center, right where the, um, the fencing is. And so we, that's where we were seated for our premier dining experience. So yeah, that was, it's a really cool dead middle shot. I think of what we, where we got placed ironically. So, and yeah, we, we ended up sitting there for, 45 minutes okay. um, to get that spot and um, yeah me and Jess will just like play on our phones and play okay. uh, heads up and stuff while we wait <laughs> for that and uh, it's yeah it's really cool because it is it wasn't quite wet like it, when you get really close to uh, World of Color that's where you kind of can get in a wet zone but mm. in this place it was just right I feel like um, the projections you can still make out and um, yeah I think it's a good spot too Okay, mm-hmm. solid answer right there. Mm-hmm. Okay, now, Jeff, if you were to bring a friend into Disneyland, uh, and this is someone who didn't quite get the whole Disneyland appeal, um, do you just want to kind of take them there? Where would you take them? To what? Yeah, where, where would you take them, and what attraction would you show them that best um, exemplified what Walt Disney was trying to achieve with this, with this park? Wow. It's, my, it's always my favorite question. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah. Well, um, I would probably give them like my own homegrown, like from my own personal experience tour, a little bit of a tour, you know? So, I mean, I don't know if there's one place that I feel would best exemplify. If if I had to choose like one place, I would probably walk them up into the castle and through the, through the castle walkthrough, um, that's been, I mean, it's been reimagined a lot of times and especially this latest version, I guess this was about 11 years ago that they reopened it, you know, with the new special effects, but I still would take them through there and then just say like, you know, because you can talk about, you know, how Walt Disney, how he planned Disneyland and you can talk about the hub and this is the center of the hub. You can talk about um, what was going on at the studio when he opened Disneyland, which was Sleeping Beauty was about to come out and um, here's her castle and you could talk about the storytelling that they did you can talk about um, how they would 
put all these details into even the small little castle even has this walking experience you can go through. Like there's a lot of Disney, Walt Disney kind of stories you can tell wrapped around that one thing. Um, I might start there. I would probably walk through Tomorrowland and say everything that used to be that's no longer there. Hmm. Like there used to be right here. They had like a plumbing of the future exhibit. And (laughs) right here is a foundation of the house of the future. And over here is there used to be this, like a man used to come out of the sky and land on it with a rocket backpack right here. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I could, you can kind of like put a, like, it's just an interesting juxtaposition between what's now. And like, that's more of the, how Disneyland has changed over the years kind of a thing. Uh, I don't know. And then from there, boy, I don't know. I would have to follow my nose, but Mm -hmm. I think those kind of two ideas are what leap to my, leap to mind. Yeah. All right. All right. Good answer. Uh, last question was, what attraction would you like to have experienced on its opening day? Mm-hmm. Hmm. And you can't say spoilers, Ron. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, I mean, yeah, this might be obvious, but I really would have liked to experience a haunted mansion on opening day because, yeah. because um, there was so much rumor and myth and stories and everyone just was waiting for this attraction and uh, for a decade you know or at least six years you know people saw this building and they wanted to go and in and see what was going on and you know people it was so scary that people died in there and you know mm-hmm. scared people to death all these you know crazy stories i mean i can only imagine you know how much anticipation there was i would love to be part of that whole vibe you know and and we know that was accurate because the week like four days after it opened that first saturday eighty-five thousand people like can you imagine that many people at disney with nothing with no mat well there was a matterhorn but no thunder mountain no space mountain no indiana jones like none of the things that take people off the ground like eighty-five thousand people that's they don't even let that many people in anymore without the gates like a very busy summer day now is maybe 65 70 thousand people could you imagine mm. just no. literally in insanity? And wow. that's what the Haunted Mansion did to people. Like, that's <laughs> what they, that's how much the culture wanted to know what was happening here. I would have loved to have been part of that um, opening week and just maybe in the opening day to see that actual hatbox ghost. Holy cow. <laughs> yeah, that's what right. I wish I'd have done. Mm-hmm. Ah, yeah, very solid answer. <sighs> Well, awesome. Well, that was kind of all we had tonight. I know uh, we kind of went a little bit over, <laughs> over, over, but that, but that's, that, that, that's fine. That's how we do it here. Mm-hmm. Um, so, <laughs> so um, I do want to thank you so much for your time, spending it with us tonight. Sure. Um, so where can people find out more about you and your, and your stuff? Yeah, well, uh, my website is doombuggies.com. I actually just, a couple of weeks ago, launched the, the first in probably six or seven years, the first update. It's totally rewritten. Everything is brand new at doombuggies.com. So if you haven't been there in a while, go check out um, my website. And, of course, it's on social media, doombuggies on Instagram, doombuggies web on Twitter, because someone beat me to doombuggies. Um, oh. And doombuggies on Facebook. And you can hear me every week on Mount Up every Monday, my podcast Mount Dodger comes out with a new show we talk about Disneyland Disney history kind of West Coast Disney um, lifestyle so mousedalgia.com uh, awesome okay uh, so everyone well, I'm sure we'll go and follow you and then and, and uh, check out your stuff um, 
Super. Super, yeah. So, yeah, again, thank you so much for like, spending time with us. Um, as a quick note, we are going to try to get together. Uh, I'm sure you guys have had Don, Don Ballard on your show before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, yeah, so, uh, it's been a while. Yeah, yeah. We were just we had him on our show a month and a half ago or something, and he was talking about trying to get together um, like a walking tour of the, the Disneyland Hotel. And um, so when we can get that going, uh, I'll send you an invite since you're down there most of the time. Anyways, it'd be nice to connect. Sweet. Yeah, absolutely. That'd be cool. Okay. Awesome. All right, Jeff. Well, thank you again so much for for your for for your time and um, yeah, it's been it's been it's been definitely a great experience for us talking yeah, to you. Thank you. Oh, absolutely. It's been a pleasure. Okay, sir. <laughs> we will talk to you soon. <laughs> All right. Uh, okay. Thanks. Sure. Okay. Bye. 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 Oh wow! My gosh. So we just got done talking to Jeff Bam. I hope you guys really enjoyed that. Um, I know we did. Yeah. Uh, guys, a wealth of information. Super nice. Um, and yeah. What do you guys think? I think, yeah, he's very, um, very knowledgeable. He's our kind of people, man. Yeah, yeah. exactly. He is our kind of people. <laughs> and his show, um, the Nostalgia Podcast, is they're definitely our kind of people, too. Yeah, they're for just, sure. Yeah, he's got a wealth of knowledge and very uh easy 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 to talk to mm-hmm. and that's mm-hmm. again why we have the show is mm-hmm. we can connect with people that are like-minded that are cool and passionate about something mm-hmm. i i didn't realize how long we were talking i, I did not i'm oh. like wait wait what time i'm like holy cow okay cool yeah Good. i mean yeah. yeah so i'll let you guys in on something before we actually recorded the show we were talking to him Faux and pas. he's and he said that. Uh, <laughs> he said what? No, no, go ahead. Oh. I, I was thinking of your faux pas, but we'll, oh, faux pas. We'll, no, we'll, oh, yeah. We'll let that go. No, we'll, yeah. let, it go. we'll, we'll, let, it go. we'll let that go. Okay. But you know, he. I asked him how much time he had. He said, I don't know. I'm used. I'm pretty open. Up, but maybe not two hours. We almost hit two hours. Yeah, yeah. just like <laughs> Which, ten minutes short of two hours almost. Yeah. Which is great because that that shows you that it was it was a good time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So uh, again, you can check it out at doombuggies.com, Nostalgia Podcast. Um, and then follow him um, on Doom Buggies on Instagram and Nostalgia. And that's Jeff Bam. And his book is The Unauthorized History of Walt Disney's Haunted Mansion. Mm-hmm. Not a mouthful, but it totally works. Yeah, it works. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So that's going to wrap up episode 95. Uh, that means 96 is around the corner. Maybe a guest or maybe we'll talk about something. We have always have stuff to talk about. Um, yeah, so Shannon, 13. Yes. Uh, where can they find me? Where, where can they find you? At work. Okay. Or at Starbucks. At Starbucks. Okay, there you go. Yeah. Mm. No, but in the uh, in the uh, digital world, I guess, um, you can find me at um, Shanna, uh, Shanna13Bunny on Instagram or 13ears. That's spelled out 13. Um, from there, you can also find a my Snapchat code and the um, link to a newly, newly infancy website for 13 years as well so um, yeah give me a moment while we're under construction with that but that is coming and um, also leaving today podcast on Facebook that's where you'll find me and Jess on there as well okay now Udi where can people find you for 
The banter that's witty. Uh, you can find me on all of my socials, which are Twitter, Instagram, and Snapchat, all H-A-X-G-O-A-L-I-E, um, and um, the soon-to-be-coming Mando show. Uh, I believe we'll, we will be recording our first episode in a week and a half. Oh, nice. Yeah, we're coming. We're okay. coming. Yeah, with my brother who's in the background right now. Okay. He's going to be on the show along awesome. with Joey, uh, Joe Pittman from uh, Disney Universe, and my good friend Chad, the Chad Pet. Yep. Okay. So more details to come for that. Yep. And we'll be able to check that out. All right. And you can send us an email at info at leavingstatepodcast.com. Uh, follow us on Instagram at leavingstatepodcast.com. And that's what it is. Uh, if you ever want to reach out with us and connect you can definitely do that um again if you want to support the show go to leavingstatepodcast.com and click on the patreon link we've got uh one dollar three dollar and five dollar tiers and for that we will give you exclusive content right udi we got that coming up yeah you know uh, what i've been on the cusp of like dropping and recording and then oh. every time i'm about to grab it and record something comes up and i'm like oh no and i lose that like oh, vibe to, to go well, no the vibe like it is yeah because I feel like if I'm going to do a soapbox, I need to be mentally there. Okay. It. Gotcha. Understood. And every time I'm there, I'm like, ah, and then something happens. So. Okay. But we are getting together. Like, yeah. we, we're getting together prize packs. We Right? We are, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> sure. Okay. We keep on going back and forth with that because we, we have one idea and we're like, oh, that's not working. And we come up with another idea. And like, oh, one's not working because we we're just having different we're ideas. We're just brainstorming them. people. Yeah. Well, no, but, but we, we, we've gone to the edge of like, they're doing the everything, galaxy. and then it doesn't work out right. That's right. It doesn't. Not we're we're not happy with it, basically. Yeah. Okay, but we will give something. But in the meantime, if you want to support the show, you can do that uh, through Patreon, and you can be on our show and come up with a, come up with a topic. That's definitely something that will happen. Uh, also, Fernando, Fernando, um, and Je- and Jennifer. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, what was I going to say? Yes, holidays are upon us. So, again, go to our site, leaveandtapepodcast.com, click on the Amazon link, and do all your shopping through our site. And you pick up the book that we're just talking about. You will, yes, there will be a link to the book um, on there as well. All right. So, again, thank you so much for listening and spending time with us. Uh, I love this Disney community that we're a part of. It's, it's always growing, and everyone we've meet have met has been incredibly nice and cool. Mm-hmm. All right, and so until then, see you in the parks. See you. <laughs> Bye. Kitty, kitty, kitty. (laughs) Ah, it's like a breath of fresh air. Boy, was my face red.